Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The VLN on RS3. On RS3. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. The 2019 VLN Championship is about to get underway. Nine races through the course of the year, taking us all the way through till October. And it's an interesting year in the sense that we go through many different seasons of weather, one of which has been felt today already because the Nürburgring Nordschleife awoke to blanket fog across much of the track. And in fact, the 8.30 qualifying that was planned had to be very much delayed. We couldn't get that under way until well after the time we were due to be on air which was good news for, from our perspective because we were able to bring you qualifying live here on RS3 part of the radio show limited network of channels but it means sadly we're not going to have a four-hour race this afternoon at the timetable quite heavily condensed as a result of the inclement weather so two hours and 45 minutes to look forward to to VLN1 and it'll be Johnny Palmer and John Hindoff to take you through it. Good afternoon Johnny good afternoon everybody uh, the sun has broken through to the extent where there's a few shadows even now on the grid or in the pit lane at least as the cars are about to uh, make their way out the timetable is as follows cars on their warm-up lap from the top of the next hour which is three o'clock in central europe two o'clock in the UK do the rest of the arithmetic yourself with some people having already changed clocks at this time of the year while most of Europe has not uh, that might even be a little more complicated than usual however just over 10 minutes from now we should be seeing the cars rolling out and we've heard nothing from the organisers uh, at the Nürburgring Nordschleife to suggest that there is any further adjustment to the timetable 171 cars were originally entered and we know of one that will certainly not be taking the start I'm afraid the VW Jetta uh, possibly in conjunction with a little bit of a helping front wing from someone else but uh, came into Bergwerk uh, a little bit out of shape and that only got worse ended up over the barrier and that car very badly damaged the good news is that the driver walked away under their own steam but that car will not be taking part the OPC Astra that Carlos Tavares Carlos Tavares the man at the head of PSA the Peugeot group now with Vauxhall and Opel under their wing as well of course uh, in Europe uh, that car stopped out on course 36 BMW I seem to remember had an issue as well towards the end of the session but that one did actually get back to the pit lane Uh, now there is a challenge for the VLN organisers still waiting for the cars in fact the cars are now rolling 
Um, two hours 45 that Johnny mentioned, that is a significant time. So if you go through the regulations, two hours 45 minutes is the least amount of time to get full points. And the noise curfew at the Nürburgring Nordschleife for this event is five past six Central European okay. time. So that is going to be problematic. Uh, they wanted to get everybody out. 150 Aston Martin going out. That's the car that Martin Brundle is in, getting some experience. And he he got his bit of paper uh, yesterday, having done some uh, practice and some theory work. doesn't matter what your international licence is in terms of your licence grade, FIA, international, whatever it is, A, B or C. You still have to be approved to drive on the Nürburgring Nordschleife. Uh, at RSL underscore studio. Hello to uh, Gareth Evans, tuned in. He's got us on the Chromecast part of the TV on holiday at Bedgeleth. 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 It's in Wales, isn't it? Right. I think I used to go there as a kid. All right. Lovely part of the world. I hope the weather's treating you well. Right. He's in a cabin there, and he's got it on the screen, and he's listening in to us here as well. Right, teams are starting to come alive now and look a bit sharp. We had the full one hour of timed qualifying earlier on this morning, as Johnny said, at least a, what was a good couple of hours more than that, later than it should have been. The Glickenhaus, the number 51, bright red car going out. Is there a little tag in the pit lane as everybody was coming out a few moments ago? It looked very close indeed. A full hour, as we said, Johnny, despite the delays. Mm. And the last five minutes in between, in fact, some of it was beyond checking flag time because people were still out on their laps. Fantastic laps. Unexpectedly big gap at the head of the field, considering everyone else behind it is so close. Yeah, it took a little while for for the session to really uh, bubble up to a crescendo, but we got there ultimately with Tom Blomqvist setting a blisteringly quick time an eight oh one point one nine two in car number ninety eight, the Rover Racing BMW M six, and he ends up clear by point nine eight zero of a second, and that was only because Michele. Di Martino in the Conrad Motorsport Lamborghini GT3 left his time to even later. Now, I'm just going to try and reassess exactly what happened in the pit lane as far as this Peugeot and the Scuderia Cameron Glickenhaus car is concerned. I couldn't see actually any contact there. It might have just been a late dive across the pit lane exit from a couple of, uh, of our uh, staff members in the broadcast team. But nevertheless, they got safely from the inside of the track to the grid and are about now to have a look at some of those cars that are starting the race imminently. Let's take you through the rest of the sort of top 10 then of the grid uh, with Maxi Gertz in the 48 car. Uh, he left it relatively late as well to put his car provisionally on pole position with an 802.295, but then was subsequently bettered. That time was by Blomqvist and Michele Di Martino. To start from fourth position, then also on the third row, on the second row rather, 
John Edwards in the second of the Rover Racing BMWs, looking strong in single lap qualifying at the very least. Let's see how the M6s do come the race. The best-placed Audi will start from fifth position. In fact, there are two R8s on row three. Marcus Winkelhock in the Car Collection Audi Sport Team R8 with an 802.7. And to the best of our knowledge, it's Frank Stippler who put in the time in the Phoenix Racing number five Audi to start from sixth position with an 803.3. Behind that, both of the Falcon Motorsport uh, cars. One a BMW then on the inside of row four. The other one, a Porsche, Jens Klingmann and York Bergmeister doing the qualifying in cars three and four. And ninth and tenth on the grid, Fabian Schiller. The first, that is the first Porsche. It is no, the, the first Porsche. The Falcon car is the first Porsche. That's right. So that, that's significant there, Johnny. Yeah, um, in fact, only two 911 GT3Rs making it into the top ten. Uh, Fabian Schiller, the best SP9 Pro-Am qualifier, because, remember, there are pros and Pro-Ams in the SP9 category, and Fabian Schiller sharing with Janine Hill and John Schoffner in that Rooster Rojo uh, Mercedes-AMG. It's a get-speed performance-prepared car, and remember, get-speed have changed manufacturer over the winter. Uh, they've said goodbye to their Porsches and welcomed, in fact, three Mercedes-AMGs to their stable. So let's see how they get on with a very different piece of machinery. And then completing the top ten, Fred Makoviki in the Manti Racing Grello-coloured Porsche 911, uh, also a pro car. Um, it's a 911 by model number, but a 912 is the race number, and it starts from 10th position. Where is the sister car, I hear you ask? 13th with Kiwi Earl Bamba qualifying that car with an 805.856. So a little bit of work to do for the Manti racing cars. Olaf Manti not taking an active role uh, in the team any longer, although it's still his name above the door. He sort of handed the reins over to, I think, certainly his son and other key members that have been with him for many years. So they know Manti inside and out. It's just that Olaf is more of a spectator now and I'm sure willing his two cars on. Outside the top ten, who should we look out for? Well, brand new Porsche, a brand new team, Team Iron Force by Ring Police have qualified their number eight, all black Porsche in 11th position. Lucas Lure did that time. And Falcon Horse Motorsport with three BMW M6s. The best of the qualifiers was the number 34, Christian Krognes, uh, qualified car, 12th position. So look out for that number 34 car, which did an 804.5. But also some interesting names of the other Vulcan Horse Motorsport entries. For instance, uh, former ELMS and British GT champion Jody Fannin uh, is in one of those cars. And the very original Nissan GT Academy winner, Lucas Ordonez. Uh, back with PlayStation, you could say, because the PlayStation-sponsored BMW is being driven by the Spaniard today. Very, very distinctive blue colour, that car. Sort yeah. of a, uh, it, it has a, a sheen to it. I'm not quite certain, because I haven't got to see it so close up that I can tell you this, but it almost looks like a satin mm. colour. It has a sheen. I thought it was a chrome colour when I first saw it, but I've changed my mind on that. There's also some way of wrapping cars now that is a sort of metallic mat yes. as well. Which yeah, is just I mean, that's it. That, 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 that's, that's the sort bizarre. of Bizarre. I don't know how that works, frankly, but uh, opposites somehow colliding and creating a, a really uh, evocative paint job. You just sort of stand there staring at it, thinking, how have they done that? But it looks fabulous. So, I, I noticed Porsche's at the moment lined up on what you would call the front row but I assume that's because we haven't got all the cars on the grid quite yet although we are only two minutes away from the rolling lap so 
Or I haven't seen an official grid. No. And, you know, I've had a couple of teams already say, we haven't had a grid sheet. We haven't had an official grid sheet. And that was, that was one of the issues from getting people rolling earlier. There, I did see some people going out onto the Nordschleife. Most of the cars have, have obviously just come around onto the grid. But I did see some of the cars, the smaller engine cars, heading out onto the Nordschleife. So maybe they're gonna, they'll be gridding up down the Dottinger Ho, of course. True. So just to recap, if you're joining us, sunshine now at the Nürburgring Nordschleife in the Eiffel Mountains. And not quite t-shirt weather but certainly a lot brighter than it was this morning when we expected the qualifying to take place you couldn't see from one side of the track to the other it was it was not a difficult decision and entirely the correct decision that the organizers made to delay proceedings a full one hour practice or full out one hour qualifying session should I say did take place and that has resulted in the grid that you've just heard Johnny talking about. The Foxtail Manta is back again this year. With I'd say that that was a new aerial on the Foxtail. You reckon? I think that's a bit shorter. Okay. And a bit more sturdy looking as well. One of those sort of aerodynamic. That's the Kissling Motorsport Manta. Uh, Manta... F- sort of classic manta from the outside quite a lot of work has gone yes on underneath that car and uh, perhaps doesn't look or doesn't run just as it would have back in its its days maybe the manta can now receive digital radio through that uh, new aerial it's funny enough you should say that that's exactly what I'm about to do with my 968 I have got a grid now, right. and it firmly puts the 98 car on pole position. And I did spot a second ago some Rover Racing mechanics and engineers ready to receive at least one of their cars. It should be both, actually, because uh, the 98 car will start from first, the 99 from fourth position. So we are a little way away from forming the grid completely. Well, and it should be rolling now. They need well, to be rolling right now. For a 20-past start, we should. I yeah, agree. and this is, this is going to cause a problem here with a... a track curfew at five past six central european time we are rapidly approaching a time where we will not get two hours and 45 minutes in if they don't go well of course what this could do is they could go green as they roll off the grid yes good point they could still be behind the safety car but you could go green as you roll off the grid uh, that's in fact what happens at bathurst of course isn't it yeah um so that is an option it could be used. Well, Johnny, you've nailed that PlayStation BMW. That is a sort of matte and bright at the same time, a satin finish yeah. to that car. Absolutely stunning look to that machine. And that could well be Christian Krogner's to start it as well. Great work by everybody to get this on. Obviously, there's nothing you can do about the weather. You just have to wait for it to blow through. And I wonder if they have decided they're just going to roll these cars straight off the grid. The two Mantai Porsches that Johnny was talking about earlier on, the 911 is the more yellow one, the 912 is the more green, although they will tell you that those two cars are both Grello. 
green and yellow which of course works in English but not in German which I've always found strange <laughs> true what's yellow in German? Gelb and Grüner yeah you're right doesn't work but uh, that's fine we all know what they mean so lots of stories coming out of uh, the winter period uh, including some new teams some certainly some new liveries that uh, you and I have got to get used to and God, we tried we tried over the 60 minutes of qualifying but there were several cars appearing at the Dottinger Hur that we needed to see really from the side on view as they <laughs> reached the first corner before we were fully confident in their identity uh, and there's also liveries carried over from from an uh, an older shaped car let's say or a you know, more traditionally shaped car for a particular team i.e. get speed and their Porsches they've had to transfer that livery onto a Mercedes and uh, a few others doing that as well the Rover Racing BMWs kind of all the same colours but in a slightly different order this year but they look very smart I've just realised what happened the cars that went out onto the Nordschleife then turned sharp right and went wrong direction down the, the bit of the Nordschleife that runs past the old pits and they're being gridded up there I've just realised what's happening so they're going to run them from there okay well that theoretically should save some time as well but I reckon this idea of starting the race as the cars roll off is a good one we haven't had confirmation of that yet but it would make sense if it happens official time uh, 15.04 and 39.40 seconds now. That's Central European time. The clocks having not changed yet over here to spring forward for summer times. Daylight saving times. BMW's just being pushed onto the grid. The guys down at WL Motorsport with the twin cam. Two litre engine driving the front wheeled front wheels of their number 621 Calibra the yellow top twin cam covers of the Opel motor some of these guys I think I mean that some of these guys don't even look like they've got their driver sorted properly yet and they're still messing about there we really should have been I suppose the other thing that you could do Johnny is you can roll the pace car a bit quicker that's the other thing yeah because the race starts when the first group come through but even that now we're we're pushing on here to to having to do something like instead of a 20 minute formation lap you're going to have to do something like 12 13 minute lap at mm. the at the very well it's it's going to be getting down towards 10 minutes well, the latest I can see is there's been no change to the, the race start, which Agreed. is 20 past the hour. 3.30 in Germany and... Sorry, 3.20 in Germany. And, uh, I mean, generally the, the rolling lap isn't the quickest uh, for a standard VLN. So there is a, a window of possibly whipping that up to... You know, decent speed, but we don't want to be unsafe because cars no, no. are weaving around, and it's a it's a tricky track at the best of times. Andy Lutz uh, reminds me, and my German teacher, Mrs. Powell, will be annoyed that I forgot this. There is a German word, grell, which means brightly coloured. 
Wow. So it actually does make sense in German as well. There you go. Not sure where the O bit comes in, but Grell would certainly work. Maybe the O is the exclamation when you see it applied to 911 and 912. It's it sound like yellow, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yellow, but that's yellow is an English word, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah. where does the O bit come in from the German side? Anyway, it, the cars look great, and I thought actually had lucked into a pole position because <laughs> for a little while the 912 sitting there, what looked like the front row, but actually that's going to be the... Fifth row. Fifth row, with sixth, the eight car sixth, alongside. Yeah, that was yeah. confusing me. Lucas Lur, yes, start um, from 11th. Couple of questions in our qualifying coverage, our bonus co- uh, qualifying coverage here on Radio Show Limited uh, about the Japanese drivers in the GTR um, and how they were allowed to get into a SP9 car. They did actually do two races last year, yeah. But what I, I think what one or two people have fallen into the trap and, and indeed when we were look, trying to look this up to clear this up uh, and, the, and the reason that would have been an issue is by the way you can't get into an SP9 car in your first time racing at the Nürburgring you've got to qualify up through lesser categories uh, and get some laps under your belt uh, when we were trying to research that the results part of the website for VLN defaults back to 2017. Yeah, that's not helpful, <laughs> I have to say. Well, There's I think you're not the only... See, when we were looking at it, we were scratching our heads, because yeah. you know, somebody had asked us about that, and, and we went and checked, because you had a thought that it was five and six last year, and indeed, mm. it was it was that. Um, and we'd looked at five and six, but unbeknownst to us, of course, we'd looked at five and six in 17. Yeah, if you go to vln.de, de, de, uh, there is a history section and result archives. Uh, but actually, when you go there, the first page you find is all the 2017 results. And all you've got to do is click on 2018 at the top of the page, which I negated to do. And, uh, and there you go. All the results are there as kind of downloadable PDFs. Um, and VLN5, which was the six-hour race last year, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying, yes, the Rover Six Hours ADAC Ruhr Cup race, and uh, Mitsunori, Takaboshi, Tominobu Fuji, and Sugiya Matsuda all took part in that six-hour event in a V5 Porsche Cayman. Um, and of the ten starters and eight finishers, they managed to get a fourth place in that. Came back for more... The following round, which was at the start of September, for the more standard four-hour event on the 1st of September, and actually took part in that event in two separate cars, which you can do. So they came back in their Porsche Cayman, car 470 in V5, but also raced a BMW 325i in what was a busy class, 18 starters in that uh, class, and of the 16 finishers, only managed a 15th place, did Takaboshi, Fuji and Matsuda. So I sense one or two dramas along the way. Um, you, I suppose I automatically think some superstars from Japan, from Super GT and other similar f- formulae, t- to come to a sort of production class in the VLN, mm. I envisage them to easily be on the podium. But uh, they did get a second place with their V5 Cayman in VLN6 but you know look at the BMW and they did struggle a little bit so um, it's not as easy as it may first appear clearing the grid Johnny and I've got a feeling that they're going to if they're going to get 2 hours 45 minutes in for full points they're going to have to start the race clock 
pretty much as they roll off. Yeah, I agree. That they're not going to get a pace lap. So it's just coming up to 11 minutes past three at the Nordschleife. Central European time. BMW and Lamborghini lining up. BMW on the inside. Drivers right towards the first corner. And the Leighton House Miami Blue Lamborghini, which will gladden the hearts of many fans of that brand and of the old Leighton House race team. This is a point where I try and tell the two BMWs apart. I noticed that the 99 car, to start from fourth, has yellow door mirrors, I reckon. Yes, agreed. And the 98 does not. So as long as we see it from, uh, <laughs> from head on, then I'll be able to tell the difference. But annoyingly, the windscreen visors are the same colours as well. Come on, Rover Racing. We need a few more clues than that. I bet they have worked out a way of telling the two cars apart. Hello to some of our RSL colleagues around the world tuned in. Shea Adam up and about in Fort Lauderdale watching on the live free coverage as the Porsche Turbo safety car pulls away. Now no indication from timing Johnny that that is the start of the race so they're going to have to get a wiggle on here mm. if they're going to get 2.45 in before the curfew at 6.05. Well, yes, green flag, but as yet, as you say, I can't see anywhere a clock starting to tick down or tick up. So, uh, like you say, it's going to be one of the more quicker, more quick rolling laps. But I'm pleased to see the full complement of cars at the sharp end of the field. And we'll get you some drivers just as soon as we can as well. It might actually be the first lap completed before the drivers at the wheel of these GT3s are identified on the timing screen. But I'm pleased that we've got now an up-to-date uh, grid because there were, were one or two late driver changes coming into this event. The provisional entry list often released on a Wednesday prior to a Saturday VLN. But then it can take up to sort of half an hour before the race starts before the official yeah. um, timing sheet for the qualifying is released but Conor Filippi, Tom Blomqvist and Mikkel Jensen starting from pole position in their number 98 Rover racing car then it's that turquoise or Leighton House blue Conrad Motorsport Lamborghini of Michele Di Martino who did the time and also stunning up. Marco Mapelli, who's certainly not too shabby at all at the wheel of Italian machinery, and Franck Pereira, the Frenchman, taking charge of that number seven car as well. It's going to be fascinating to see how they get on, plagued with reliability problems for much of 2018. Then it's a Mercedes and BMW second row with Maxi Gertz, who did the time, sharing with Rafa Marcello and Christian Hohenardel in car number 48, alongside the other BMW from Rover, Nick Katzberg, John Edwards, who qualified it at 802.644, although Katzberg was out early on in qualifying, but it was John Edwards' time and Marco Wittmann. Then we got two Audis, oh, and we can now tell you the drivers for the five machine, which is in a sort of pearlescent blue this season. But the slightly better qualifying car, to the tune of six tenths of a second, the Audi Sport team car collection machine of Christopher Haase and Marcus Winkelhock both had a go in qualifying earlier on Winkelhock was the quicker of the two and he did it an 802.7 then the Phoenix racing car of Vincent Kolb the German although on a French license and Frank Stippler 
They did a Stripler did an 803.3. Leading off the second group, Johnny, the 960 Teichmann Racing Porsche. That car heading off towards the first corner. I'm going to suggest that that's a Cayman GT4. Yes, it is. Heading down towards the right-hander, which has been repaved on the inside. Quite a lot of new surface here at the Nürburgring, both on the Grand Prix circuit and out on the Nordschleifer. You can see a lot of dark-coloured tarmac. Yeah, the 960 car actually taking pole position in Cup 3. A hatful of Cup 3 cars here this weekend. 13, I make it. Which seem to be taking over from the old Porsche 911 Cup cars. I think we've only got a couple of those yeah, three uh, in of the them. event. Yeah, three in, in the two. event. Yeah. Uh, following round, uh, uh, the, the safety car there is uh, a Nissan convertible. 370 ruled registered in front of the phalanx of Caymans um, there's a couple of 911s in there as well Ford Fort was going through then the TCR category 7 TCRs and the you'll be able to tell me this Johnny but I reckon it's the Hyundai Veloster N which we weren't supposed to see in Europe because it's not a global car mm. I reckon that's in second position in that category uh, it is yeah behind the Max Cruz uh, racing Volkswagen Golf of Andreas Gulden and Benjamin Lauchter so a Golf from a Hyundai I'm going to say Hyundai because we're in Germany alright okay UK. fine yeah okay I yeah, know it's yeah. Hyundai in, uh, in the States I've got to get used to that <laughs> um so that the i30N, as you say, you mentioned the Veloster. That's going to be from fourth position. Oh, is it right? In Sorry, the TCR category. So, so that was the i30 that I saw uh, right in the shot. Yes. End, was it? Same basic platform, um, uh, different bodywork, of course. One or two detail changes underneath. Talked to Brian Herter, Herter Autosport at length about this. Uh, but the Veloster being run by the works team, as off goes the third group. Now this is. The new BMW M240i's, knee 235i's, a little bit of an aero change on the rear wing end plates, what is described by BMW Motorsport, by BMW M as a performance optimised engine. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, this is, the, it, is it still the same capacity yes. as the old one? Yeah, electronically uh, Performance optimised, the right. ECU. Uh, different, one or two detail changes inside as options. And this has extended the life and the homologation of these very, very cost effective ring races. And this is the championship for which the, this car was, and this category, they have their own category here in Cup 5, was originally conceived. And it, it's done. It's done good service, Johnny. And, uh, you know, I've been listening and watching all the way around the world. If I haven't been sitting next to you and having you and Paul or, or Brucey, or Bruce, or, Brucey yeah. or whoever's been with you. And, you know, 10 minutes after the chequered flag, you're calling three or four of them coming to the line, still battling for 
battling for the win in some cases. Oh, yeah. You're always guaranteed a fight between two, three, sometimes eight of them, frankly, towards the finish line. And even more so now with a two-hour and 45-minute race, uh, less of a chance for them to get uh, anywhere remotely strung out, which they struggle to do at the best of times anyway. Um, 16 of them in this first race of the season the treble six car taking pole position that's the car from ADAC Nordrhein uh, run by Team Scheid and the Honnet Motorsport outfit and Nico Otto and Lars Poika then taking that car to pole position a little earlier on today they start just ahead of Yannick Fubrich and David Greisner in the 650 car and then third in the Cup 5 division the three driver attack in, three, in 695 of Sindra Setsas who is from Norway as is his teammate Inga Hansetsatra and Moritz Oberheim who is from Germany jo- uh, Johnny quite a lot of cars yeah. starting from the pit lane 440 uh, Porsche 622 BMW 502 BMW another Cayman down towards the front it's one of the Pixum cars that's the 445 the purple and white car and alongside them on the inside it's one of the Pixum BMWs as well the Adrenaline Motorsport car uh, and hello to Paul West who is marshalling at the Nordschleifer and listening to us to help him follow the race well we'll do our best Paul thank you very much for your dedication getting out there today somewhat trying I'm sure for all those track marshals who probably would have been out there from the break of dawn because of course you made the point in our qualifying coverage it's about whether you can see the flags or not so people need to be out there waving the flags even in the fog Uh, Matt Gee uh, says uh, in Australia hello Matt uh, can I I can't ever recall having seen a convertible pace car before any of the collective can recall what used to be standard practice at the Indy 500 always used to be yeah. a convertible pace car you know my earliest memories is of, of you know the flags hanging out the back and all that sort of stuff and David Harvey has tweeted at RSL underscore studio is the Veloster running under similar TCR flexibility that allows the gorgeous Julieta to run in the US no that the the Veloster is a homologated TCR car for for TCR competition what the difference is in the states is that in IMSA competition they only allow manufacturers who are represented in the US that's an IMSA standards supplementary regulation if you will rather than a TCR regulation so the Velosta is homologated uh, with uh, Marcello Lotti's organisation as a TCR car globally so it can race anywhere it's just that the that particular model the end model of that Velosta isn't available as a global car but doesn't have to be to satisfy TCR regulations as I say, built on the i30N uh, and the, the i30 platform, the i30N, the reason that that's not being raced in the States is because that doesn't appear in the States, although it does in Europe. So the, it was actually a bit of a misfit for and difficult for Hyundai in the US to get behind it in terms of activation because the car that they were publicising, oh, look at this great little five-door hatchback TCR, Wait, where can I buy one? Ah, we, we don't get it. No, not available. So that was the reasoning to go to the Veloster shell in the US because the N version, which is effectively their 
race version. Think of M on BMW or Quattro for Audi, AMG for Mercedes. That is the N. The N brand is the sport brand for Hyundai. So, Johnny, this takes on a slightly different atmosphere and potentially strategic thinking from everybody here with this being just two hours 45 minutes at the outside and they, they are going to struggle to get that in now because we haven't gone green no uh, and that may have points connotations here uh, and we'll see what, what's happening I'm still looking at the timing screens here in our studio and not seeing that any thought at all that the, the clock has started on the race so yeah they've got various timing screens loaded at the moment and and not hearing anything really from the organisers either no correct um, so this be, be aware then that at the end of this race we might not get full points and then the already labyrinthine uh, <laughs> scoring system for which has changed PLN, which is here, by the way. Yeah, it hasn't made it any simpler, has Not, it? No, no. Well, it could it could get even more complicated. Good to see that there's a goodly crowd around these circuits who have come out on what is now a lovely afternoon here in the Eiffel to see these cars for the first time of asking in 2019. And just a reminder that the live streaming and the live audio sound and vision together uh, available for all of the VLN rounds this year plus the qualifying race for the 24 and the 24 itself and we'll be bringing uh, a larger team for the 24 of course and the 24 this year is the week following the Le Mans 24 so the 24 hours of Le Mans the 24 du Mans uh, is one week and then the following week end it is the Nürburgring 24 so that actually is going to change our broadcast plans normally we take the Wednesday off after Le Mans and don't do midweek motorsport we will do a midweek motorsport after Le Mans this year but then we'll miss the one the Wednesday after the Nürburgring 24 just trailing ahead a bit by then I'll have forgotten all that by the time <laughs> we get round to it, to it to be honest turned out a lovely afternoon still a little bit of mist just hanging in one or two places but the sunshine has burned it off once the sun got up to even at this time of the year up to its height round about midday an immediate change in the weather conditions no choice Johnny for that delay it no, was simply not. not safe for anyone to go out there and drive at really any much more than walking pace. I seem to remember a message uh, on uh, the live ticker saying that fog was still affecting the part of the track from the Grand Prix Strecker to Versiphon. Yes. And I said, well, where's Versiphon again? You said, that's pretty much half the track, Johnny. Yes, it's Pretty is. much half the track. So, um, and down towards the, the, the lowest point there and, and what's famously called Louder Corner as uh, you begin the ascent to the to the carousel and beyond to Hoa Act. So they could not qualify in those conditions. That's the reason why it was postponed for such a long time. And the latest messages on said live ticket, drivers on their on the first from the first starting group starting their first lap of the year, no indication that it's a racing lap as such. Nope. And also then about eight minutes later, 
the participants from the second and third group start their introductory lap as well. So it's phrased as an introductory lap, and I can't see this being part of the race time. So going to be interesting to see how many minutes we can force out of this. There is a curfew to bear in mind as well. Uh, we always think of the Nordschleifer being in the middle of nowhere, but... Um, well, they, not now. No, certainly not. And yeah. sound, racing car sound, does have to be... Um, complete by is it five past six local time? five past six central european time 18.05 hello money elysium uh good to see you at sebring last week and nice to know that you're tuned in at the home of the rolex 24 daytona good to have your company at rsl studio jesse young says what do you know i'm just in time to watch the first vln race of the new season almost 1.30 in the morning where I am in Australia ready to watch everyone go at it round the Nürburgring whether you're here in Europe further afield whether it's morning afternoon or deep into the wee small hours it's time to get the VLN underway for 2019 and it's all live here on RSL with sound and vision for the whole season a wonderful sight and sound we have then as the GT3 cars, the SP9s, thread their way through Tiergarten to ever-tightening chicane and now back onto the Grand Prix track and they don't take very long at all to be three abreast for that second row. <laughs> A great getaway though for the number 98 BMW from Rover Racing as two hours and 45 minutes on that stop clock which is uh, just below the Empower Bridge. That commences, 98 nearly doesn't make the first corner, just about gets it round. There towards the Mercedes Arena. Oh, there is a spin further back though. For was that a Mercedes or an Audi? It was all red colours. It wasn't. It was the SCG. Oh, it 51. was the, the Cameron Glickenhaus machine, car 51, which rotates. And Fernandez Laza qualified that car uh, on Michelin tyres. Not sure who's driving that. We will get driver names at the end of this first lap. But uh, I don't anticipate it being radically different from who qualified the car. In all honesty. Uh, incredible uh, start from car number four that qualified in eighth position that's the Porsche from Falcon Motorsports now running third so it's gained five places in the space of about three corners and that Porsche will take some holding back do we fancy York Bergmeister maybe for the opening stint in that car if not we're looking at Klaus Backler who's also very rapid at the wheel of a Porsche 911 Paul BMW though leads them as they come to the end of the run and we've got a timed race of course which has started the countdown now but from that 2 hours 45 now whether we'll get that oh the big big crash between two of the AMG GTs as they were breaking into to go onto the Nordschleife for the first time airborne for the number 6 there Johnny and the right front wheel very badly damaged as he ran into a similar car and pushed that off to the right hand side through into the pit area and that was a very nasty looking incident slight mixture it was the 23 it's one of the rooster Rojo cars uh, the Hilschofner and Schiller car well every time we've mentioned a car and picked it out there's been problems with it either in the qualifying or now in the race and that is going to affect of course the second group of cars which are about to come through but that was right in the middle of that first pack just to identify the other Mercedes Team Auto Arena Motorsport Machine number 6 run by Black Falcon this year Patrick Assenheim Yelma Berman and Gabriele Gabriele Piana the driving talent and we'll try and work out who was at the wheel of that car as well Yelma Berman often held back 
previous years to take the closing stint. But we'll deal with the start of Group 2 first of all. That convertible Nissan 370Z peels off to pit lane. And now it is a dogfight then between the Porsche Caymans down towards the first corner with uh, the Hyundai i30 getting in the mix as well then. Heading down the hill towards the first corner. And remember, there will be yellow flags for at least this lap and possibly more when they get around to the end of the Grand Prix striker. Again, two and three abreast, but uh, a slightly tamer start compared to the SP to the SP9 machine. TCR cars have got an advantage here, Johnny, because they'll get the front tyres up to temperature and pressure probably a little bit quicker. And on the twisty stuff, I fancy they'll be at least as quick as these GT4 cars around them. And they might have to do a little bit of overtaking and just work out what's going on here. The Golf and the TCR Hyundai i30 going through the cutout. Don't use the full run down at the bottom of the hill as would happen in the 24 hours. This is the VLN configuration. Many of you will have raced it in virtual reality on Forza Motorsport. The, this, as I say, is the shorter run on the Grand Prix circuit. Yellow flag still waving as you come down the hill to that super quick right-hander. And the Code 60 board is out. Now, that is not a full track Code 60. Double-waved yellows and the purple board out at the chicane prior to going onto the Nordschleifer itself and heading down onto the Hatzenbach with debris and safety vehicles there so that effectively is a local code 60 with the number 6 Mercedes I'm afraid losing its essential fluid and steaming gently by the side of the road which I'm sure its driver is as well. And we should probably keep our eyes out for any cars with punctures later in this lap Spot or later on. in the race because uh, carbon fibre, very small shards of it, not a good thing to be driving over this early in the race before tyres are fully pressured and up to temperature. Um, the wise thing might have been actually to dart to the pit lane to get past that, but you have to get you have to go by the marshal's instruction as the Cup 5 part of Group Three is about to launch into action into another season of VLN racing. It's the Treble Six ADAC Nordrhine car then out front in these 240 eyes, moving on from the 235 of last year. The Pixum Team Adrenaline car that's 650 in second position. Yannick Fubrick and David Greisner, in fact, trying to go for the lead there, just ahead of 679, the FK Performance oh. Motorsport car. Everybody else just about getting through on cold tyres. It's tippy toe stuff for many of them we've got uh, some v6 cars mixed in with this as well but cup five bmw's first second third and fourth from the third group well what have we learned there down the inside at the first corner is not the quickest way to go stay to the outside use all the runoff in the uh, alternative track configuration and you keep your pace up around the outside like that as I think at one stage we did, did have five across the track of the BMWs, which frankly is just isn't trying hard enough for these guys. Rear wheel drive, of course. With the One of the Pixum Adrenaline Motorsport cars coming down the inside. Now, we've, we did have some people in the pit lane as well, Johnny, so yes. they will have been released at the end of the third group. Yeah, I think that, I think that was a V5 or V4 ah, BMW. Right, Johnny. Oh. Well, it was uh, the... the the two AMGs coming together was precipitated by a nudge from the Manti Porsche on the car that exited stage right. Yeah. 
Uh, and that car was already sideways before the second AMG came on the scene. And really, nothing that that driver could do to avoid it. Now, it looked like the more yellow of the cars. So that would be 911 which rather yeah, than 912. I think it's the 911, yes, absolutely. So, just a little nudge, but under braking there, enough to put that AMG GT3 coupe sideways and then immediately picked up by the number six car which got airborne very nasty yeah it did yeah scary incident certainly um, as you head into this code 60 just beyond the vidol chicane i've no idea how you work out who's in front because you traditionally come into that two abreast into yeah. the yellow flag zone and then there's got to be a kind of oh, all right after you if you must but i mean sometimes it might be neck and neck dead heat stuff and you've just got to decide to be in i mean the the definition of a code 60 is that you cannot overtake, you cannot overlap, so you have to be nose to tail, and there's a lot of sorting out for both Group 2 and Group 3 to do. That yellow flag's going to stay out for a little while as well, I think, because yeah. brave marshals, well, this is their best moment, effectively. From now till the leaders come back around. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, that's next to no time. The leaders aren't yet back onto the Grand Prix striker, and remember, it's the shortened version of the Grand Prix striker as well, taking that shortcut that the uh, the trucks do in their Grand Prix event every year as well. So part way down the hill, then you turn sharp right. Great overtaking opportunity, but it does somewhat shorten the Grand Prix track. Two hours, 36 minutes and 45 seconds on the clock, so we didn't start the race clock as the cars left the grid. Uh, there's an awful lot of overtaking now and shuffling of the pack just before the tear guard, and lap number one is led by the BMW number 98. And how far did the 911 drop back, Johnny, with that little shim- muzzle in the middle of the pack the 912 having a big battle this is the Manti Porsche and that is with the Falcon BMW the number 3 car so that is a battle inside the top 10 unfortunately the timing screen for this first lap does take a bit of, of sorting un- unraveling. out yeah because of uh, Staggered the start of, of group two and group three precisely and we get one or two interlopers uh, falsely inserted into the timing screen i tell you what we can s- tell you because we saw that as they went through that there's that, a cracking first lap by the Paul sitting BMW and there's pulled out by no means a comfortable lead but a lead that means that there's no defending going into any of the corners and you can't say that further back down the field I reckon the 9-12 is up to about 7th maybe 8th and the 9-11 has lost a lot of space oh and absolutely sleeping coming out of the code 60 zone and that was a real opportunity for some passing there the battle for second and third, I think, has gone the way of the Falcon Porsche. I think there was a sneak through there as they went through the Vidal chicane and out onto the Nordschleife. We'll be able to tell you in a second or two, but the timing screen now starting to make a little bit more sense, by the way. Connor Di Filippi has started the number 98 BMW, so he didn't qualify. That was John Edwards, as I say. Uh, but uh, the American fellow American now starting that machine for its opening stint formerly of Audi of course and Lant Motorsport Conor Felipe, but moving to BMW uh, heading into last season 9-11's um, in the pits 
I thought he dropped a long way back. So this is one of the favourites. This is the Earl Bamba and Lawrence Van Tua. It was Earl Bamba at the wheel, and it was Bamba who turned around that Mercedes. And clearly the, there's damage somewhere. The bodywork looks in pretty good nick. Lawrence Van Tua talking to his Kiwi teammate. So in he's come. I expect to see damage. Ah, left front wheel is where the mechanics were looking there. Just waiting for the leading drivers to head through the second sector, which is quite a long one. Meanwhile, the leaders in Cup 3 are heading back towards the end of the Dottinger Hur and to complete their first lap. Oh. And it's the 960 car, I reckon, just ahead, which is the Teichmann Racing entered machine. Side ball. by side for second and third, though, and switching positions. So now is that the 917 making a move or the 966? We'll try and identify that in just a second. These are all the 718 spec Cayman GT4 CSs, by the way. And it looks like 966. So 966 retakes second position from probably 917. So Mark... Kyle Verth, or indeed his teammate, the Argentinian uh, Marcus Adolfo Vasquez, uh, has had a, an interesting first lap. Oh, and the Martin Brundle, Alex Muller, uh, or rather um, Alex West driven 150. Aston Martin is in the pit lane. So I assume, no, they won't have even done a lap, will they? No, correct. So in through the back door. Um, at the end of the Grand Prix strecker, that Aston Martin with some sort of issue, I'm sad to say. Heck of a battle going on between the Schmickler Performance number 917, which has the biggest number on it anyway. It's a, it's a sponsor as well as their race number, of course. But the, I suppose you'd have to say 917 being a Porsche. Yep. Although it is, is that one of the new... Boxsters, yes it is. New shape Boxster Club Sports, a uh, Boxster Cayman Club Sports. Yeah, My se apologies. It's the 718 Cayman. It is, is that a 718 right? Cayman. Yeah. I think they all have to be this year to be in Cup 3 because it's a one-make class, effectively. Now, there's an interesting point of order on those cars in that, at the moment, the engine with which they race is the six-cylinder, the flat six. Uh, in fact, it's exactly the same unit that was in the previous shape body of the club sport that doesn't yet exist as a road car and there are of course GT uh, four versions of this car so that, that has preceded the road car that's the sad sight of the number six auto arena DA AMG GT4 being moved out of the way onto a flatbed the battle at the front of the Porsche club sport class at the end of the hats and back, able to ride the kerbs. And now it's one, two, three, four BMW 240s. The M240 I class coming back. And this one, well, permanent one from actually the wall field, Johnny, to be honest. <laughs> but the treble six car, which is the blue and black machine currently leading the class, always there or thereabouts, somehow it manages to stay towards the sharp end. This is the car that was driven by Tristan Vidas last year. They've had a change in driving lineup though for 2019. Nico Otto and Lars Poker are the drivers. And 
it's the yellow and black machine now up to second position. So that, I think, is the 679 entered machine. Then it's 650, which is the Pixum Team Adrenaline car, the blue and orange car. As that goes for a move back to second position, there is a door open there by uh, 6... So that was 6.79, and they're going to run side by side now up to the second part of the Mercedes Arena. Nothing between, well, pretty much all four of those BMWs, but if anything, the treble six is just able to open up a little bit of a gap. Very fraught indeed in, I'm going to say, class V4 now, because these are the, the BMWs with less aero on them as they weave their way through Tiergarten and complete a lap. But uh, three BMWs nose to tail in either V4 or V5, I reckon. And they will sweep across the line with an M4, look like a, a GT4 spec M4, trying to make up a bit of ground, having possibly started from the pit lane. So got quite a bit of ground to make up in this shortened VLN race the first of the year VLN 1 scheduled to be a four hour race it's been cut down to two hours 45 and it might even have to have a few more minutes sliced off it yet because we have got a, a 6.05 local time curfew to get to and we're already at uh, 3.43 in the afternoon this battle in the club sport Cayman class continues to rage on as they head down towards the bridge, the secondary entrance point down through the bottom of there and then starting to climb. The leader's coming back to complete the second lap and it is the pool sitting. BMW in traffic, of course, got one of its lesser brethren. Oh, and gets put right up onto the kerbs on the left-hand side coming out of the tier guard. Got that little bit of a lead. Then second and third still having the battle I didn't see because I was watching the BMW whether it was the Porsche or the Lamborghini that came through it's still just the Lamborghini as they come through but the Falcon Porsche right in the wheel tracks and then everybody else is in fourth place down pretty much yeah um, timing still not exactly behaving but um, if you're up in Australia that's very impressive because over on the east coast in Sydney it's approaching quarter to two in the morning uh, slightly more respectable time over in Western Australia in Perth but nevertheless anyone up or perhaps in New Zealand as well um, that's a great effort and 2.45 it is in the UK so Live coverage from the Nürburgring continuing here on RS3. Great to have your company at RSL underscore studio if you want to get into it with Johnny and John here. And an interesting first couple of laps in this shortened race with plenty still going on. We're waiting for the timing screen just to give you some of the positions that we didn't get to see as they came across the line it's the usual scramble early on a reminder that we are covering every single round of the VLN plus the 24 hours the qualifying race and that should give us plenty of time to convert anyone who's not a Nürburgring fan into one the Nordschleife there simply isn't anywhere like it in the world so the BMW still leading from pole position out on the circuit. As 
they head round what is their third lap now, Johnny, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, third lap. The gap at the line. It's a couple of seconds, but that's all. Managed to keep just ahead. Race must be finished by 6.05. RS3, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. This is RS3, part of the Radio Show Limited network. Hours 26 minutes to go, Johnny. Sunshine looks smashing now. This could be a different continent and certainly a different season from what we saw earlier on. The KTM Crossport coming out to the end of the Grand Prix circuit. That's the number 927 car. This quirky GT4 machine with the shell type hood that moves forward and upwards to. Get the drivers in and out. Audi Power, built in Austria. And yes, it is that KTM who do motorcycles as well. Battles at the front of each of the three grids that were set off. Weaving down the Dottigahua, the long straight that brings them back to the Grand Prix circuit. Group 3, headed by the Teichmann Racing 960 when they left but they lost the lead now to the 966 but coming under the Bilstein Bridge tries to go the long way around this is absolutely flat out extraordinary extraordinary racing from these two drivers and what trust Johnny in the guys around them yeah well I think these guys have been racing in this class regardless of whether it's the new shape Cayman or the old one from last year for a good few seasons now and know exactly where they can and can't push it so um and there is a, a balance to be struck, I think, whether how, how long into the race we're at. I'm not sure whether they would have been quite as gentlemanly at the final time through Tiergarten in two hours and 25 minutes' time. But you just need to be close enough to the leader at this stage. No point in uh, making any contact and risking retirements when you've still got over two hours to go. But 9.66 and 9.60, actually there is a, t a very solid tyre mark on the 9.66, one of those uh, rubber donut rings on the left-hand side of the 9.66 car, suggesting there perhaps already has been some contact, though, earlier on in this lap. But it's the blue and white car, then, that leads Cup 3 from the 9.60 Teichmann Racing-entered car, and then the 9.17, which is the... Giacomo-driven car, which qualified in and around where these, uh, the, the, the aforementioned cars did, the 960. I think 917 was third in class in qualifying. Yes, it was earlier on today ahead of 969. So the question is now where the, the motorsport car is, because that seems to have dropped back a little bit. Still Rover Racing, though, leading overall, and therefore the SP9 category, Conor Filippi and his margin at the head of the order a couple of seconds from um, Marco Mapelli far more concerned about Klaus Backler who was put into the number four Porsche so I wonder whether it might have been Jörg Bergmeister but it's teammate Austrian driver Backler doing the opening stint for Falcon Motorsports and he's the one then that gained those five places mm. from where it qualified in eighth now running third 
Just a couple of notes watching the ticker and the app, the number 737, standing still at Arenberg. So that's got a local code 60 out there. And the Aston Martin Performance Centre car, that's the Martin Brundle car, in the pit lane. Haven't been able to find out what the problem is with that car as yet, but this has implications because uh, Martin will want to get his time in the car to allow him to qualify up into a more powerful car. The plan is that as VLN, did we say it was seven or nine? Seven. Seven. VLN seven is a significant birthday on the day for Martin Brundle, and the plan was that he and Alex would race together in that event. He's, uh, I think he's 21 on that day. That's right, He's yeah. Martin. That's what he paid Actually, me Actually, I, I read it was on his birthday. I don't think it is. His birthday's in June. VLN 7 will be probably in September. But it, All right, OK. It might be the first VLN he can do after his birthday, effectively. When's the VLN in June? Um, there isn't one. Right. That's what I'm saying. Ah, yes, of course. Sorry, his birthday's in June. Yeah, June. yeah, yeah. sorry. First of June. I was going to say, because you've got the, the 24 in June, it's unusual to have... I was thinking... Oh, that's not another weekend from hell for us, is it? <laughs> We've got 16 things on. I sincerely hope not. Uh, but if you're after a clue, Martin was born in 1959. Oh, you're a bad man. I'm sorry. I'm not going to tell you anymore, so you'll have to do the mathematics. Lead change in the Cup 5 division, 9.50 from Pixum Team Adrenaline, now ahead of the treble six. So that's the first time the orange and blue car has been ahead of the blue and black machine. And first of many lead changes I would suggest as the treble six almost runs into the back of the 950 through the third element of the Mercedes arena they're now arcing their way through a relatively tight right-hander and in amongst the V4 and V5 traffic is Connor Filippi. and that uh, Rover Racing BMW looks huge compared to the other little production BMWs it's currently racing that I suppose is all the extra aero that it carries the large rear wing and all that um, extra bodywork around the wheel arches as well. It doesn't, it doesn't look like the same scale. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks like a, <laughs> yeah, it looks like an 18 scale and a 43rd scale, Correct. doesn't it? Model uh, 911 has retired, according to the official ticket. So Earl Bamber's race comes to an early end. Uh, better news for another early stop at the 150. Aston Martin, Vantage V8. The Aston Martin Performance Centre car is back out and circulating again. So Earl Bamba, after that contact uh, with the AMG GT4 that pitched that car around and effectively retired the 6 as well. I don't think we'll see the 6 car. It is the 98 BMW that leads from the Lamborghini number 7. Those were on the front row of the grid. The big gainer in the early laps. The Falcon number 4 Porsche up to third position. 912 is the only other Porsche in the top 10 which also has Audi and Mercedes in it. But at the moment it's a BMW leading and that as I say was the Paul sitting car. And the other news regarding our champions Philip Lyson, Danny Brink and Christopher Rink. Um, is this a poison chalice oh. going into the opening round of the next year because they are suffering puncture damage in the Brightshide area. I talked about did. cars going over Shard's 
of carbon fibre after contact was made between the Vidal chicane and that hairpin bend that takes you onto the hats and back. Well, you can try and avoid those shards as much as possible, but I just wonder whether that's the first of a few punctures we're going to see now in the rest of this race. That's a long way to get that car back as well without any further damage. So carrying the number one this year, you might remember it as car 450 from last year, but as uh, so overall champions. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, overall and, um, champions. It, it got pretty heated in the in VLN 9 as they were on course for a championship. What I hadn't realised at the time is that they actually entered two cars and said that their first car would earn the points and then they didn't even start that car because they took it as a drop score. And they were in the fortunate position where they'd only taken one of two drop scores. So if, as soon as they didn't start that race last year, they'd won the championship. And I, <laughs> I was kicking myself afterwards, having not actually realised that during the race. Uh, but it made it very exciting for me as we did the four hours in VLN 9. 17th position at the moment in 15th in SP9 Pro. Sabina Schmitz in the Fricadelli Racing Porsche number 30. So we've got some more pit callers. We'll get to those in a moment. There's uh, also a, a BMW from, I think, one of the B-classes circulating. It's Hoffer Racing. No, a, a, a kind of primer grey BMW. Oh, going down the, the bonnet clip. Yeah. yeah, bonnet clip loose. And he didn't. He decided not to pit, so possibly ris- risking that rippling back across the windscreen. Now, uh, this is the BMW E46. Uh, they crawl from family Audi. Uh, without Chantel Kroll, who is now Chantel Prince, I think. Although her husband is in this car. Uh, and uh, and also in the 210. Yeah. Because they've entered two cars. Now, they're running the Hankook tyres. They're very used to those from the Creventic series, of course. Just to, f- to finish off about Fricatelli, um, Sabine Schmidt's driving that car. Frigadelli, one of the teams who weren't very happy about the change in performance levels for GT3, but they have still turned up with both of their cars. Uh, and Sabina, not the only Schmitz in her family racing here this weekend. There is a BMW with her younger brother racing. I spotted his name earlier on, and Johnny did much better research than me and found <laughs> Biat. Biat. Younger brother, uh, BMW has been a part of the uh, Schmitz lifestyle for a lot of years. And Sabina and her sister used to nip off with the family BMW to do tourist laps uh, without their mother, whose car it was, knowing. And the car got gradually more and more uh, modified mm-hmm. uh, to the point where it was getting to be a bit of a ring special even in those days and that was where they got their knowledge of the the ring from and it was sitting on semi-slick tyres and all sorts of tortoise suspension etc and one day and Sabina told me this when I was working with her on Top Gear Live she said uh, well, one day I get a phone call saying I've got to go to the hairdressers I've got a hairdresser's appointment this is the mother pouring the rain outside the car doesn't feel quite right I've had to bring it back home of course it didn't feel quite right because it was on semi-slick tyres so Sabine had to dash back home take it home to the hairdressers not daring to tell her what had been done to the family car whoops <laughs> it's in the blood certainly yes um, I'm just very surprised it took so long for her mother to catch on but I think 
she knows the story now. Yeah, very, uh, very much intertwined that family with the Nurburgring, both the Nordschleifer and the Grand Prix circuit. Family business is uh, a local guest house, which uh, Formula One teams would stay at down through the years as well. Well, is that Tiergarten, isn't it? You yeah. Tell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as far as I know, the family still run that. Correct. So, great to have Sabina back after recent illness. Yes, good point. And um, I don't know the latest there, but I mean, the, the fact she's racing this weekend is a good sign, obviously. And we wish her very well in ongoing recovery. So, Frickadelli Racing with four cars this weekend. The two Porsches in the SP9 Pro Division. That is a pro car, Klaus Abel and Sabina Schmitz and Alex Muller. The other pro car being Matt Campbell and Mathieu Jaminet, so they couldn't find another Matthew to crowbar in there. What did you call it? The Matmobile. Very good. Yes. Very clever. Campbell, a Bathurst 12-hour winner this year. Mathieu Jaminet, full-time drive in the States now. Jam Jam. Jam Jam. Yeah. The other Fricadelli car, uh, they're in Cup 3 with a Cayman GT4. Car 962 being driven by a man simply known as Jules <laughs> and Hendrik von Danvitz. There's some great nom de course here. And the other car is the 477 V4 BMW, which... Class B- V4, not class V4 engine. Correct. Mm-hmm. It's a BMW 328, but it's in class V4, driven, as John's, John mentions, Biat Schmitz and Andre Sommerberg is the other guy of the Frickadelli Racing MSC Adenau sponsored BMW car 477 an intense fight once again in uh, which class is this it's the 420 ah that's one of the care for climate alternatively fueled Porsches so that car of Jackson Evans and Dennis Dupont uh, is one of the um, is the LPG car I think oh really 80 and then with minus G in brackets is gas of some description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be LPG, wouldn't it? It's been a long time. We used to see that quite a lot. Three Caymans, bit of drafting, going down the front straight, the slipstream effect, car third in line, pulls out the right, then the team in front go down the left. This could end up in a very, very expensive Porsche bill, Porsche parts bill in that V5 Porsche class. There is a BMW M3 in that category, yet to come across the line in sixth position. Do you know, you can have a lot of fun on the Nordschleife racing. There's a GT86 goes by uh, without having to have a GT3 or even a GT4 car. These cup-class cars just look a whole host of fun. Leaders coming through again, completing the lap. And he's in that battle now, in the back of that battle in V5. Yeah. So he'll be picking his way through little gaggles of cars. Five seconds at the line between... Number 98, Rover Motor Oil BMW. The Conrad BMW in second place is the number seven. Then the first of the Porsches is the Falcon number four car in third. Teammates to the leader in fourth position, the number 99. But now, 12 seconds away. Then the two Audis are together, five and 32. Just hanging on to the top ten. Two more BMWs. And the 911 Porsche has retired, just to bring you that again. 
Caught a glimpse of the Subaru BRZ being lapped there by race leader Connor D. Ah, oh, that was BRZ, not an 86. Yes. Okay, fine. My apologies. Well, it's very difficult to tell the two apart sometimes. Uh, but it's, yeah, an SP3 entered Scooby. And let's just see who's driving that. Tim Schrick, the Munchen-based driver, as the race leader overtakes another one of the Astons. Yeah, I think that's the 150 car back out, Johnny. Oh, OK, uh, we good. We mention that. Coming to... Say another one of the Astors. There is only one in the race. Is and there? Yeah. That's quite unusual, actually. It is. Um, and you're right, it's Alex West still at the wheel of the Vantage V8. But, yeah, we haven't got any other Astons in the 100. And now, how many cars qualified today? 171 on the entry list. Uh, 166 cars qualified. And there were a further three that, for whatever reason, did not get out. The 501 Opal Astra, the 625 Jetta. Ah, yes, because it did, was in qualifying, but didn't qualify. OK, I realise yeah. that. So actually we had 169 qualifiers and 166 make the race. Right, well, we've got some leading lights in early here, Johnny, including the number 45. This is the Kenwood GTR. I'll mention it that... It's easier to mention them and identify them by their their sponsors. And that's the Kendall Racing Car, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, that car's racing car, yeah. I like that. You're mixing the sponsor with the entrant name. So, Kendo. Yeah. yeah. That's that. That's that. Yeah, very good. Kondo Kendo. Kondo Kendo. Um, yeah, that car, well out of sequence. Um, Is it Kendo or uh, Conwood? That's the... I like Kendall. Choose your favourite. Yeah. Kendall um, works better. Well, the thing is, if you, it, it's that old ploy here, isn't it? Do you do you take the early stop, in which case yeah. you don't have to stand still as long, and then you go and do the long... Because there's going to be a bit somewhere, which is a bit of an awkward length. Um, well, especially in a race... Well, you don't actually know where it's going to run to two, two hours, 45 minutes. Already we're working with a, a t an amount of uh, race time that nobody's used to at all because it's an hour and 15 shorter than everyone had planned for. And we reckon it's maybe only going to get to two hours and 35 minutes, depending on yeah. how we do with the curfew. Um, it remains to be seen whether the chequered flag has to be waved at 6.05 local time, in which case that's in exactly two hours' time, or whether all engine noise has to be completed by 6.05, so you're going to have to wave the checker at 5 to the hour. Yeah, 10 minutes before. No, I, I think the curfew is 6.05 to be off track by 6.15. Fine, so OK. I, so, but it's still so not going to be a full 2 hour 45 minutes. No, we're going to be closer to probably 2 hours 40, I reckon. Um, and this is, a, it is therefore a, a movable feast for everybody, and you're going to have to be very savvy indeed with your track strategy. Um, right. And, and a lot of the big teams will be able to cope with that. Right, well, Tom Coronel got out of the 45, and Sugio Matsuda got in, and they're now back out onto the track. So I think that was just a, a standard stop. They just came in to get out the sequence yep. on that. Well, I might put them into, I was going to say, some clear air. Just don't get that round here. No. You'll just find a few more. V4 BMWs or Cup 3 Porsches but I suppose if you're on a slightly staggered uh, pit stop strategy compared to the race leaders you know it's going to go one of two ways why not if you've not qualified particularly well roll the dice a little bit 
Conor Di Filippi leading by what eight and a half seconds the gap was timed at at the start of this lap which is lap four Marco Mapelli running in second place in the Conrad Motorsport Lamborghini so so far that uh, raging bull doing pretty well and holding firm in the position that it qualified second Klaus Backler also doing a splendid job. Got York Bergmeister to hand over at roughly half distance in that Falcon Motorsports Porsche. Another slow car, and it's one of the cars that was battling at the front of V5. It's the 917 Porsche Cayman Club Sport. Slow after Bergwerk, heading up the hill to Kesselschen. That's awful, because he was having a cracking battle at the front of the field. From that category, and they remember where the at the start of the third group so I wonder if that's another puncture meanwhile the leader in the 966 car so that's cup 3 remember with the big mark wheel tyre mark on the side of that car uh, running now Yes, in the lead of that class and has actually managed to edge away from the Teichmann Racing 260 and others. So a bit of breathing space here for the leading Porsche 718 Cayman GT4. Oh, and a problem for the KTM crossbow. Now, two crossbows entered this race. Only one, I notice, currently running. And even this one now hanging on by its fingertips because it's a, a rear right puncture. Or is that... No, it looks like the tyre's possibly still inflated. So that's maybe a suspension issue. It's a front right puncture. There you go. Identify entirely the wrong corner of the, uh, the car. So suspension's absolutely fine. That front right tyre, though, virtually flat and now disintegrating. So the driver of the KTM has done a really good job in nursing that car back. It's a mixture of speed, obviously, so as you don't lose too much time in the race, but also some moderation in that speed to avoid tyre starting to eat away what remains of the tyre eating away at the bodywork so credit to uh, Koffler driving that car will be Reinhard Koffler himself no less he knows his KTM's driving with Stefan Broadmerkel and Florian Bodin so did he use the cut out there Johnny or did he come in off the tear guard sorry no he came from the tear guard right yeah so he'd done a full a couple of people asking about what happens if you use the cut out well obviously that's part into part of your next lap if you use the cut out and come back into the pit then what happens there is the timing system is clever enough as you come through the cutout to just cancel that first bit of the lap you've started so your lap restarts as you cross the line in the pit lane and then as long as you go around and complete it you get the lap credited if you have to come back in the pits again bang that one cancels out so it's only about you know a tiny fraction of the lap but it just keeps disappearing every time you come through the cutout so that's how that works uh, Hassan says uh, why is this 2.45 and not 4 hour race as usual uh, because everything was delayed this morning sir a uh, huge amount of fog couldn't get the uh, couldn't get the qualifying done at the time it should have been uh, in fact the qualifying started and was held to an hour to let everybody get some uh, get some track time the qualifying 
was held actually when we should have been already into the race. There was no chance of getting the race away before midday. It was still very, very foggy. And in fact, we've now only been in this race for 40 minutes or thereabouts. And there's a curfew on the track at 6.05. Into the pit lane yes. and smoking pits. The smoking brakes in the pits for that satin blue number 34 PlayStation BMW, Johnny. Yes, three cars, four cars, six cars in now from the lead lap. So Maxi Gertz in car 48, the Manfilter Mercedes, the remaining Manti Racing Porsche, the 912, slightly more green than yellow. 911 is a retirement, I will remind you. Christian Krognes for Falcon Horse Motorsport, his BMW pits, as does Rene Rast in the 29 Audi. Simon Trummer in car 55, which is the SPX entered Ferrari 488 from Octane 126. And Christian Menzel in the KCMG number 38 car also down pit road so this is a much more popular time to pit but what about condo racing have they pulled off a blinder we will only find that out later on in the race as the zack speed viper now thunders its way across the line rumble young man rumble that's an old uh, gt3 car jerome blake and was successful with it at road atlanta in 2016 the car pulled out of semi-retirement got a late balance of performance on that car to get it into the race this weekend what we don't know is whether there'll be any more races so uh, Christian Mamarov who is behind the wheel of that Florian Strauss and Jerome Blake and all and the two other drivers great to see the snake back I think that is possibly my favourite iteration of the Viper that the slightly more rounded curves rather than the sharper edges the original was lovely and originally of course without a roof but uh, I remember driving the first coupe road car ever SRT 10s in Europe it was in white and blue Oreca racing colours and supreme excitement of driving that at Le Mans on the Friday before the race and had to really remember as I was coming down through Arnage to Indianapolis that that's in those days was still a giveaway sign <laughs> yeah that would be easy to forget wouldn't it having watched so much uh, yes, racing and you're driving a car that is effectively a race car on the street yeah Lexus are back with the LC uh, the 345 car Black and white colours. Runs in SP Pro. Persisted with that car here at the Nordschleifer. Yes, SP Pro. Sort of a category where you're your kind of GT3 esque car doesn't quite fit into GT3 regulations right. what I don't know is the difference between SP Pro and SPX somebody will know and by all means remind me but SPX was always the home for cars that were not homologated like the Audi in the 2019 spec that ran last year like the Porsche we had an Aston Martin as well didn't we GT3 Aston Martin that ran prior to its official homologation season which is 19 
But uh, yeah, that Toyota Gazoo Racing Lexus running in SP Pro and the only car in that category. Chris McGowan among a number who have asked by tweeting at RSL underscore studio, how does the reduced running time of this event affect the minimum track time? Still trying to find that out, Chris, to be honest. We've not seen anything being posted by the regulations. The Schmickler Performance 917 portion, number 917, is still making its way back slowly. And let's see where they are. It's new catch fencing, I think, on the left-hand side. It doesn't sound very happy. Real shame, this, because 917 was troubling the leaders in Cup 3 in the opening stages. It's dropped down to 13th position in class now, way back. And just shows, doesn't it, if you have a duff lap like this with a puncture or oh. similar, you're going to struggle to get anywhere close to the sharp end. I, th I think they're in the early part of the lap. I think they're heading up through the... Uh, End of the Hudson Park and maybe as early as that on the lap. Let's, oh no, hang on. Let's have a look. Those enjoying this coverage, by the way, on the live stream as well as in audio, that wasn't somebody racing a pickup truck with uh, flashing amber lights on it. That's not in the race. That's one of the intervention vehicles sent out to deal with incidents. You know, in like a rugby league or rugby union match, you get the medics running on mid game. It's a bit like that, in effect. You don't have a safety car or anything. It's just a. There's a white flag, and if everyone sees a white flag, then they should expect a slow vehicle out on track. Cut three, incredibly intense. 9.60, Tightman racing back to the front. Back to the front. That was the Paul sitting car. Cross the line now and head down to the first corner. Didn't even try to defend there. No points. Just left the door open. If you think you can break late enough, have a go, son. Actually, I'll take that back because this is the battle for third on down because it's the 966 from the 947 ah, and right. then the white 960. Well, you see, 966 had a huge lead at the start of the previous lap and 966 has a very similar paint scheme to that car that I thought was in second, but you reckon that's third, fourth and fifth together? I, I, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'll buy that. Um, Marvin Dienst is pretty yeah. close to this battle as well uh, he's in 947 so he's a bit further in front actually but Marvin Dienst with World Endurance Championship experience in a Porsche some may recall and a super silver it has to be said is Dienst um, so yeah, Formula 3 he's still only 22 years old did the yeah. Dubai 24 hours for a Tempto racing earlier this year and was in the European Le Mans series, has been in WEC though in previous years racing for Proton competition. So exciting to have him in Cup 3. Gotta love the sound of a flat six engine. I've been fortunate enough to have a, a little bit of a tryout in it. One of those club sports, the previous version in fairness. Out with our friends from Continental Tire. One of their tyre proving days out at a very interesting circuit at Thermal in California out in the middle of nowhere right leaders in the pitch Johnny so how many laps is this that they have done they're coming on six right six so that isn't a full stint 
So in then comes Connor De Filippi on the pit lane speed limiter, pulls right up in front of the team. Nice and easy. There's plenty of time to do these pit stops. It is shared pit lane, but it's not an issue. And that is, I think that's Tom Blomfist heading into that car. Shadow is watching at uh, some distance, but she is the world champion of spotting the colours and the liveries on driver's helmets. So that means we've got the Falcon Tire Porsche in the lead, Johnny, and that will go on to onto another lap. What's happened to the Lamborghini? Did that stay out? Uh, yes, it did. Excuse me, yes. So it's Mapelli in the Conrad Motorsport Lamborghini. Yes, yeah, he did stay out because yeah. uh, confirmation as they come through that yeah. very rapid oh, right, well, and, or rather left and right S-bend. Now through the kink. Got too excited about a Falcon car leading again. <laughs> number of people seeing how much they miss the Falcon tyres team from the IMSA competition and saying, I suppose they would need a, a, a tyre exemption if they were to come back. No, they, they wouldn't, because GT Le Mans is the only category in IMSA that still has open tyre regs. There you go. Michelin are the sole supplier of everything but the GT Le Mans category. So if Falcon tyre, or indeed anyone else, wanted to come into that category, can persuade one of the teams or the manufacturers to use their rubber, on you go. I remember we had a discussion during Sebring about privateers in the GTLM category. Yeah. Reese Competizione, just about the only one these days, and it wasn't at Sebring, they were at Daytona. Falcon Tyres, certainly just a few years ago, were a very much active part, and now there's a privateer for GT, well, potentially, if, that could race there. And, and if I was a privateer going into IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, is the... Cup 5 class goes through. Oh, just three wide into the first corner. How did they not touch? No, they have touched. And the 210 goes around. That's the red, white, and black show part sponsored car. And that was one of the adrenal cars that was right in. I'll come back to that thought in a moment. But action at the first corner, often the case of a little bit of a bump and run. But that, Johnny, was a wee bit more than that. It was the 650 adrenaline yellow and blue car that was involved there, sticking the nose right in really unfortunate for the 210 because it's not even the same class as these BMWs in Cup 5 210 is an SP6 machine the other Hoffa Racing entered car we mentioned about the Krolls Martin and Mikhail uh, joining uh, their son-in-law Alex Prince and the contact was made between 650 and the 210 so let's try and work out who was driving these cars at the time. Oh, Yannick Fubrich in the 650 lost some bodywork as a way result. And a wheel-arch liner, I think, as well, Johnny. And 210 is being driven by Alex Prince for Hoffa Racing. That's their BMW E46. Prince in both cars. Um, in fact, it's three of four in, this, in both cars, 210 and 211. The difference is in, in 211, the fourth driver is Gustav Engeljaringer. Oh, yes. And in 2.10, it's Roland Egerman, who's a regular in Hoffer Racing's car and, of course, former winners in the Creventic Championship. The 9.17 Schmickler performance, Cayman Club Sport, has made it back. That's a very long lap, and it's been pushed straight to the back of the garage. I don't think 
this is going to be an easy fix if fixable indeed it is just going back to that thought about privateers in GT Le Mans and IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship if I'm a privateer in that championship and you're going to have a car that somebody else is racing yeah. and there's somebody else that's racing it is probably going to be a works team then why wouldn't you do something different and go to Falcon or to Dunlop or to another tyre supplier and say right guys have at it because if you do everything the same as everybody else the likelihood is that they're going to beat you because they're a works team whereas if you on a given day something happens where you at a street track at a wet track at Sebring at wherever if you have a tyre advantage at that place that's the time that you're going to get the result yep. and I, I, that, that would be my planning on that not always been a happy hunting ground we haven't seen so many Ferraris at the Nürburgring Nordschleife but the dark matte Ferrari with the maroon stripes over the top comes through to complete another lap might just be throwing a little bit of dirt out the back of that car or was it dare we whisper it a little bit of oil smoke it's the Grossman and Trimmer car, and it is the 55 that we're talking about, by the way. Sitting second in SPX, 33rd on the road. Also just caught a glimpse of uh, the 944 Porsche Cayman, which runs in Cup 3. I love the fact that the, the Porsche Cup cars have got... A lot of them have got numbers that start with 9. They have to. And so they've all picked Porsche numbers. So there's a 944, there's a 928, there's a 962, there's a 917. Yeah, correct. The 944, um, some familiar names from my perspective in that, and I haven't spotted that they were racing this weekend. Jack Constable, who's raced uh, for the last few seasons in the UK in the the Ginetta GT4 Super Cup. Charlie Liddell, who was champion in the pro category in the Super Cup last year. And Charlie Robertson, who you will have raced against in the Super Cup. Um, and has raced Genetas um, and in fact be, he was the first champion in the LMP3 category and what are they driving with Sir Chris Hoy uh, 944 Cup 3 Porsche Cayman because there is a Genetta here I think it's the number 188 from memory yes. as the Ferrari and the Viper start to have a bit of a battle out on the circuit as they go out onto the Hudson back Iron Force Racing Porsche also just heading out there that's the number 8 car another Matt's dark grey machine. You're right that a Ginetta was on the provisional entry list. I can't find it. Did it get through? It. Yeah. It didn't even qualify, so right. I just wonder whether... It I didn't see it this morning, but then again, you know, with 171 cars on the list, you're not going to see every one of them. I normally get to three and a half hours in of a regular VLN race and then spot another car. That you haven't noticed yet. Correct, yeah. yeah. You spot for the first oh, time. Oh, the leaders in the... <laughs> Porsche class come in and there's slippery surface flag or debris flag on the entrance to the pit lane and they were so close to the end of the pit lane crazy so close to the pit lane barriers Teichmann racing from the lead then no this is the 3rd 4th and 5th uh, sorry, excuse me from 3rd 4th and 5th it's yes. so easy to make that mistake sure. uh, but 966 driven by Vasquez the Argentinian has stayed out and Marvin Dienst in second position. They're separated by just four and a half seconds and they're going to force an extra lap out of this. Wow. Mm, I didn't think That's that was possible. That's brave. You've Again, got to know exactly what you're doing. And you've got to know roughly where the end of the race is going to be and nobody, well, nobody does, does know that yet. 
I know it says an hour and 47 and a half minutes to go, but there is a curfew to work with here. And effectively, we're, 40, we're an hour and 40 away from that. So you can forget the seven and a half minutes, or more like an hour and 40, I would say, uh, before the chequered flag is displayed. Right. Now, here comes the Conrad Lamborghini, the Leighton House coloured car, coming to the right-hand in. side of the road into the pit lane. And is it? Oh, and it's right oh. in behind the Dodge ramping up truck who's spreading the oil dry. Wow. Has to go to the left. Oh, here comes the second place car as well. So that's the number four of Klaus Backler who was also slightly delayed there. Well, somebody's dumped a whole load of oil down there and I'm s- I'm going to sort of point the finger then at the, uh, the 917 that came in earlier on. Yes. Driving slowly. Yep. It might have been... It might have been that car. So they're both getting a new set of tyres. And that means Marco Wittmann to the race lead with the fastest lap as well. Wow. So new fastest lap of the race is an 805.384. And Rover Racing, their BMW, they think they can get an extra lap out of it. You can usually do an eight-lap stint. Although bear in mind that they've had, they've had to do a formation lap as well. So this is forcing it onto a nine-lap stint. But we have had cautions here and there, including at the end of the Grand Prix Strecker. Another addition I'm noticing is a blend line on the way into the pit. I was just going to say that. That's and new, isn't it? Yes, it is. We had so many close calls last year with cars well over to the left, um, embroiled in battles and thinking, oh, I need to pit here, otherwise I'm going to do another 24 Ks and I'm going to run out of fuel. I have to call it. It's off at this junction. No, really, it is this junction. And they will cut right across the nose of one or two cars so to prevent that obviously as you come out of the Tiergarten chicane you've got to be well over to the right and careful not to cross the blend line otherwise there will be a penalty Graham Goodwin just dropping us a line listening in uh, and uh, that mention of the Ginetta trio that you were talking about he says they're not there by accident Uh, expect some news from Ginetta cars on their plans at the Nürburgring Graham, who works very closely cool. with Ginetta, giving us a little sneaky preview there. Now, Jack Constable, very impressive. He was actually put in the AM division because, um, yeah, even even last year, but certainly previous years, there's been a split in the uh, GT4 Super Cup in the UK, a pro and an AM category. And Jack Constable for uh, 2017 was battling with a certain Colin White all oh, year yeah. and ended up... Uh, beating the man from Glastonbury uh, but then as a result Jack Constable was put in the pro category and uh, didn't manage to win he got a couple of podiums last year there is a Ginetta supercar to come of course yes and that yeah, could go point. into SPX oh that's exciting yeah okay so maybe that's its plan did, did Gigi suggest news later this year or into 2020 just said look out for news look out for news very um, cagey as far as this info goes. But I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> no, it's a nice, be, nice steer. I think it's a nice steer that. in due course. Yeah, but it's Thanks exciting that, that those guys are getting uh, some mileage under their belts. I was just about to say there's an Audi coming at the pit lane, but then I realised it was in fact one of the intervention cars. As the laser, the number 98 has not been headed. As we are about an hour into the race now. This is going to be... It's going to be right on the money for the 2 hours 45, isn't it? Right on the money. So the 
eight BMW back across the line. 99 stays out, remember, and remains the race leader. An incredible battle, though, between the 912 and the 7 now, and the number 9 car. 7 just out of the pits, remember. Yeah, so Marco Mapelli started that Clark car. It's now Michele Di Martino who stuck the thing on the front row earlier on today. So he's a very rapid driver. Who's in the 912? That is Patrick Peeler. You can almost tell from the body language. Gone through, through the cutout. The problem there for the Lambo is he's come out on tyres that are not up to temperature and pressure. And that's why he was fighting so hard. He did not want to give up track position to that Porsche who's been out, I think, a lap possibly two laps longer uh, pitted on lap 5 the 9.12 and we're now on to lap 8 right so yes at the end of lap 5 so yep. we've done 6.7 and now on to 8 so we've done two laps basically yep. so that is going to be a big difference yep. in grip levels and drivability of that car and it's short and Patrick Pele is not backwards in coming forwards either is he let's be honest <laughs> Pele who won this race Last year, the opening race of the season, the VLN, I, I think one of the more unusual parts of the VLN, and let's be honest, if you're racing on the Nordschleifer, there's going to be a lot of unusual things, but one of the more unusual things is each of the events are organised by a different uh, organising club, and that's why you get these names throughout the season. Yes, there's some sponsor names, but... For the most part, it echoes the name of the club who is actually organising the race meeting that weekend. Yep. And in that way, it spreads the load through the German national clubs. It's a cracking idea. I really do. I really do. The venue is a constant, which throws up its own interest, of course. Actually, of, Sorry, go ahead. of all of the races, this is the oldest I'm making because this is the 65th edition of the ADC uh, Westphal and Fart. Um, many of them not very far away from the half century yeah. or beyond it. 55 is leaking something. The Octane mm. Ferrari, Swiss flags on the wing end plate. Yeah, left rear. Left rear on right hand corners, he's leaking something. Now, that, I'm sure that's not what was being looked at in the pit lane. So, is there an overflow there? And is that just... Well, let's hope it's not fuel. Big soon flash of the headlights. Soon know about it. Yeah. This is Bjorn Grossman, Correct. who's been doing a lot of Ferrari Europe uh, racing re recently with the Octane 126 team. In fact, finished second in the Ferrari Challenge Championship last year. 34 years old from... Obendorf, Germany, and well, venturing on to the hats and back. Didn't have to do that. He sensed the problem was significant enough, but risk it for the next 20-odd kilometres. Meanwhile, the Teichmann Racing Porsche, which was third coming into the pit, but only by a nose, is still third, I reckon. They've done a driver change in this Teichmann car, though, and taking it over, Daniel Boer, sharing with driver simply known as Max and Jens who regular uh, members of the VLN community will know those guys very well yeah quite a number of people who don't race under their own names there is somebody called uh, the, the German equivalent of Bobble out there today <laughs> which was suggested to me as a uh, earlier on today is that Dinah Binks driving then <laughs> 
thinks he's Bobble. Good suggestion. But not, but that, no. uh, that is the name that's in there. And so we've got the Foxtail and the Bobble. Der Bommel. Yeah. In car 202. Yeah. Sharing with Jorg, Viskerken and Dirk Flugels in their Porsche 911. That's an SP6 car. Der Bommel. I like that. Right, so now, is this the race, by the way, where the winner gets the huge ham at the end of it? Is it this one? There's one of them that they there just is. won as the trophy. There is. I do like a nice ham. And there's the Barbarossa Prize, of course, where everyone on the podium appears in uh, giant red curly wigs. Excellent. After Barbarossa himself. The uh, clean-up on the pit lane continues with the Dodge Ram pickup truck having dropped some of the oil drying product down there and coming in is the race leader is the race leader but only race leader because of the switching around of pit stops so this was the 99 BMW that was qualified in fourth position by John Edwards it's Marco Wittmann who's just done this stint that was the Veloster Veloster in as well yeah Hyundai Veloster looking sharp the Veloster taking advantage of the regulations in TCR that says you have to have a four or five door hatchback the Veloster does it has two doors on the driver's side one on the passenger side and one in the boot so by no means is that uh, traditional um, that's Chantel uh, Chantel Prince so she is there she's, uh, there, so she's not by name on the car uh, correct yes not driving this weekend uh, just back to the Veloster it came, come into the pitch from the class lead TCR oh, right. lead Manuel Lauk has just done the last thing he's sharing with Mark Bassing I haven't even realised that Bassing in a TCR car fantastic that's going to go well when he takes that car over uh, excuse me that was Rahel Fry Rahel Fry uh, as oh, soon as I said that you know, I sent me off on the wrong uh, yeah, me too. scent there do you know what's the scary thing about that is I spotted her in the car when she had a helmet on and I couldn't see her very well but then when she's standing out there I'm thinking I should know who that is that is yeah so she did the first stint in her car and it's already out. Which is the 148. That's the Gitty Tyre yes. the R8, by the way. And she's sharing that with Bernhard Hensel. So, Marco Wittmann in then from the race lead. And also in the Get Speed Performance Mercedes of Luca Ludwig. So that car had got itself up into second position, but only because it's one of the last cars to pit, and they were really stretching the envelope a little bit there to lap eight. Another problem for the crossbow here. No, lap eight under under condition. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, but obviously there were one or two code 60s, certainly on the Grand Prix strecker early on. So does this put the Porsche car back to the lead then after the that pit stops? That would make sense to me, yes, because I'm reckoning that car 98 is coming across lapping, the line now, Johnny. Lapping more quickly. This is Tom Blomqvist, so we, we did identify him correctly at least, even with the helmet. It's much uh, easier when they've got helmets on. Generally, yes. And Blomqvist with the new fastest lap of the race, in fact. That's not too shabby, as his that will have been his first flying lap. So who comes through in second then? Does who get? Ha, what we've got to work out is where that second BMW, second in inverted commas, the other Rover Motor Oil sponsored car, where that car got out because 
running a couple of extra laps to everyone else. Rafa Marcello across the line in second position in the man filter Mercedes. Well, that's a gain for them then, Johnny. Big style. Big style. Uh, I'm going to count them through at the end of sector one just to get you an order because it's going to be slightly misrepresentative on the timing screen uh, as we get head towards the end of the Grand Prix Strecker. Still just as intense as it has been since the start of the race and a big old wiggle there from the yellow and black BMW in Cup 5. Got the pole sitter, the treble six, tucked in behind, but it looks like 6.50 currently leading this. Yeah, I agree with that. Johnny, as the two... Second, so close they are to the pit lane. On the on the left the side, watch. They know what they're doing, but right. I just can't view it. Is it me, or is the run up to Tiergarten bumpier than ever? Or are they going quicker? I don't know because the cars oh, seem to be moving around. Yeah, I, I don't know, but it looks pretty violent, particularly in one of the softer sprung BMWs. Oh, off the track for the PlayStation BMW, having a battle with the number four Falcon Porsche, and right in behind them is the that's the Lant. Number 29, Audi. And they're heading out on the far side of the Grand Prix circuit now. So let's see where we reckon they're battling for. But they are battling for position. No doubt about that. They're scored in the bottom part of the top 10. But I think they're a bit higher up than that. I reckon that's going to be maybe 7th, 8th and 9th when we see them again. Yeah. Well, they broke the, the timing loop as there was contact, I think, or was it just a little oh. bit of avoidance driving from Lucas Ordoneth, by the way, the Spaniard, uh, at the wheel Good of the BMW for the first time this year. Great to see him back after a little bit of time out. And then they came across a slow BMW, and it was a question of which side do you go. They all went to the right in the end. This is the order I make it then. 98 Tom Blomqvist BMW leading the way from Rafa Marcello in the Manfield to Mercedes car 48. Mercedes AMG. Then it is more or less completely together, third and fourth. Patrick Pile and Michele Di Martino in the Porsche and the Lamborghini. Yeah, and that was that was on the outlap that Pile nipped by the Lamborghini on, when the Lamborghini was on his outlap. Yeah. Then the SP9 Pro Am Phoenix Audi car number nine is in fifth position, ahead of. Is that the top like, Pro Am car? That's uh, top Pro Am wow. car. And ahead of basically five cars that go through the timing loop at sector two it, there must be five abreast frankly and I'm talking the four Bergmeister Porsche yep. the 34 Ordonez BMW yep. the Kelvin van der Linder Audi number 29 yep. Winkel so Audi which was number five in fact that's changed now to Vincent Cole from um, that's the darker no. red Audi, isn't it? Yeah, he was catching those three up. Yes, it was. So I was right, Winkelhox Audi, and also Vincent Colvin, the five Phoenix car, which is the blue yes. um, Phoenix car. And there, as I say, something like sixth down to tenth altogether. Yeah. So that's going to be fun to watch them arrive at the start of the Dottinger Hur very shortly indeed. Imagine being the guy in the back of that, how much draft you're going to get. <laughs> Unless you're going a, up a into quid, the bumpy tier garden now. I want to keep an eye on that because, I, as I say, I've noticed it a couple of times now. Just coming, you know, when you, so you you don't turn left under the Bilstein Bridge, you actually just glance to the left and the car follows and barely putting any steering lock in. But you're going so deep down that hill now before you think of lifting and braking. Taxi right at the bottom of the hill. And I've noticed how much the cars are moving around as the guys are braking, trying to use the hill to slow down before you come into the Tiergarten chicane itself. 150, Aston Martin circulating. And goes through towards the end of the lap. So under the 
Millstyle Bridge all the way down in for the left hand side kerb well that Aston really rode the bumps much better than the BMWs that I was watching there earlier on and is, who's still in that Aston Martin Johnny is that still uh, the starting driver which I've did we Alex West West in, in that yeah yes he's still there okay ahead of the 601 Manta the Foxtail car the Kissley Motorsport car Foxtail flap 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 it's doing his job it is it has its own uh, the Foxtail has its own Twitter account by the way of course yeah, it's an obvious thing to do but uh, it does enjoy wagging its tail <laughs> Mainly from the aerial, though. The <coughs> like the new colour scheme on the Aston Martin Performance Centre Vantage. That's one of the original Vantages, of course. It was the original car to race here. Uh, very clean lines on that car. Still a classic shape, isn't it? You'd have one of those in your drive, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah, no question about it. Nice. Nice 4.7, one of the early 4.7s maybe. 4.3s were fine as well. 4.7, yes please. Have one of those for my daily driver actually. Because you'd want to drive it every day. <laughs> Tom Blomqvist expected at the start of the Dottinger in the next minute or so I reckon. In the middle of that rather long sector four. Because remember this track is so long we split it into five individual sectors as opposed to the usual three you might get around a Grand Prix <laughs> length of track and the fourth sector in its own takes about three and a half minutes to complete the final sector is very quick indeed closer to 50 seconds basically from the start of the Dottinger Hur all the way through the Tiergarten on to the start finish straight again Right, what's happening in Porsche Cup class? Teichmann Racing were the pole sitters. Yes. We'd, we'd seen them get shuffled down. I think we, we worked out they'd gone down to third position. And I think they're still leading a little gaggle of cars from third, fourth and fifth. But the, the leading pair had got away a bit, Johnny. Yeah, and I reckon the race leader has just come in for a stop and back out again. So 9.66, having built that lead in the regular race obviously extended that lead with the third the fourth and the fifth place battle pitting behind him and the man I'm talking about is Marcus Adolfo Vasquez of Argentina sharing his car with Mark Kyleverth in the 966 so depending on how quickly they turned that car around in the pit stops it may well retain its class lead we will tell you about that in a moment or two but as the cars now start to appear at the start of the Dottinger Hur, it is Tom Blomqvist leading the way. He's just taken three minutes and five seconds to get through Sector 4, leading from Rafa Marciello in the number 48 Mercedes. And then it'll be incredibly tight for third position, a battle between 9-12 Patrick Pile, who is in third, and then I reckon Michele Di Martino, yes, in the Conrad Motorsport Lamborghini. That's your top four then, just heading back onto the Dottinger Hur now, and in fact, the race leader already crossing the line. Over the grid hatchings then goes Tom Blomqvist, and he will be scored for the first time, the race leader, having taken over from his co-driver who started the race, Conor Di Filippi. So, 
whilst that was going on, we've got a car standing still at Bergwerk. That's the number 210, Johnny, for you to look at. Let's see. That's the car that was turned round at turn one. With, oh, um, yes. With, um, with Alex Prince in the wheel. Yeah. Somewhat assaulted by the Cup 5 BMW battle. Well, I wonder if that's picked up a bit of damage then that's caused him only to be able to get round to Bergwerk. At RSL underscore studio, if you want to get in touch with us, and we will be covering every single round of the VLN again this year. It's our third year of the partnership with our German colleagues, and thanks to them for helping us out with facilities and pictures and all the things we need to do to bring this to you. Highlight of the VLN year, of course, all the way through to the end of the season. And adding on to that, not part of the championship, but still, I know, favourites of many, the Nürburgring 24-hour qualifying race, which is a six-hour contest, and the 24 itself, which comes the week after Le Mans this year. So plenty to keep you interested in. Uh, um, we need to find a reason to mention the 679 and the 708 because uh, they have finished drivers in them. So I'll leave you to work that one out in a moment Great. or two. And Michael Hetherington says you're talking about the Foxtail having its own Twitter account. I wonder when uh, Diana Binks's bobble hat will have a uh, <laughs> will have a, its own Twitter account. It's only a matter of time. It is literally only a matter of time. The Studio account here at RSL underscore studio. This is RS3, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Johnny Palmer and John Hindoff with you, VLN1 at the Nordschleifer, of course. And after the first set of pit stops for the leading cars, there has been a bit of a shake-up. But the guys at the front of the field are the guys who qualified at the front. And that is the Royal Racing... BMW M6 GT3 and it's Tom Blomqvist driving but the big movies in second place Man Filter Team HTP Motorsport Johnny they got their pit strategy absolutely spot on and now pull themselves up in the second position yeah and qualified pretty well by Maxi Gertz earlier on today he was in the 802s but the pole sitter did an 801.1 amazingly enough uh, it was Conor Filippi who did the time and Tom Blomqvist has now done a bit of driving along with his American teammate Dane Mikkel Jensen still to come in car 98 but also a shout for Conrad Motorsport who are running in fourth position yes. after Michele Di Martino did a splendid job with qualifying that car on the front row in the delayed qualifying session that car currently running at fourth now then and they stayed second for pretty much all of that stint until they pitted had right up their tailpipes the number four the Falcon Racing Porsche. Yeah, right. Where's that drop down to? Uh, running now sixth. Yes. After Klaus Backlund did the opening stint, he's handed over now to Jörg Bergmeister, who is a GTE AM Championship leader currently in the World Endurance Championship at Team Project One. One. They had a fraught Sebring, didn't they, with the car bursting into flames in the pre-event test at Sebring with yes. Jörg at the wheel and had to have a new car delivered by DHL I'm not kidding you delivered sourced by Porsche 
delivered by DHL, got to Sebring, they then had to set it up and get it out there. And I'm, I actually don't think they missed a session, did they? They missed free practice one. They missed free practice one. You're absolutely right. Yes, and well remembered. Actually, the press conference, the press release said they would miss free practice two as well, and then the car appeared on track. So they beat that uh, the time they set themselves. Amazingly. Let's have a look at the standings in some of the other classes, Johnny. It's the 620 Renault Clio that leads H2 ahead of the Foxtail Manta by about 90 seconds. There's a lot of little front-wheel drive cars in there. RS Cup cars, the Opel Calibra TJR, the 621. But, of course, if you have an open class, it has to have a BMW in it. And there is. It's one of the little stubbies, the BMW 318Ti, the 612 in 7th position 620 is the Avia watch sponsored Renault Clio in red white and black a lot of red white and black cars doing well today mm. yay <laughs> well they, there often has been an Aston Martin painted in these colours yes. as well the Avia racing Aston that's not here for VLN1 so the only Aston Martin being the Vantage V8 driven by Swede Alex West Martin Brundle still to come yeah the uh, Front wheel drive cars, huge fun around here. Johnny O'Connell, Corvette Racing and Cadillac Racing star GM through and through, came to do his licence and raced in the 24 hour race around here in a Renault Clio. I don't think he'd even seen a Renault Clio before he got into that one. And he, he I was talking to him last week, actually, we had him on the IMSA show, and uh, he was saying that was one of the most enjoyable races that he's ever done not the fastest car not the most exciting car rewarding to drive well yes. felt he could make a difference once he got the hang of the driving wheels being at the front and thoroughly enjoyed it well uh, other big names in sports car racing like Matthias Besch has yes. raced a Clio before and, uh, it's amazing Sometimes races pass you by and you don't realise that there are some well-established names in the lower classes in order to gain experience and in order to gain signatures on licences so that they can do GT3 racing in the near future. That's certainly how it has to happen in the VLNs and on the Nordschleife. Now, I hope this isn't an incident, but the there is a Code 120 out at Kesselschen for car number 139 and another car um, just again okay. just watching the ticker here 139 is often a class leader that's one of the two Ferraris but it's the yeah. 458 Ferrari and it was running third in SP8 and they get onto that lap so 45 back in again that is the uh, GTR, listen, isn't it? Yeah, from Condo, who pitted very early. We yes, well, they've gone longer this time. Oh, no, have they pitted again? Spinner. Yes, at the cutout, so the hairpin bend uh, just the other side of the Mercedes Arena. That's car number 81, a all-white Porsche, uh, running fourth in SP7. And who have we got at the wheel of that? Uh, Michael Hagen from Liechtenstein, sharing with Johannes Stengel of... Munich and the 81 car having desperate to try and do a something like a five point turn now reversing to a safe place the difficulty now is uh, it might be on hard standing I thought the car was on grass but uh, should be able to 
work its way away from the inside of that bend and thankfully a gap in the traffic as well but it'll take several corners to clean those tyres up now but thankfully the SP7 car didn't actually hit anything solid no. so we'll no, lose no, time no. on this lap but can continue 991 Cup car that? Uh, car 81 is a 911 GT3 Cup car yes, yes from SP7 uh, not mentioned an awful lot about that class but I think it's Benny Simonson who leads the way. Let's just have a look. No, wrong Simonson. Two seconds. Uh, the 80 car leads the class. Well, that's another one of those dark, uh, sort of matte. Andrea Simonson with the Swiss Lorenzo Rocco di Terrapadula. And Patrick Cole, the other co-drivers in that number 80 SP7 leader. The that 81 car, by the way, came into the pits on the cut ah, out there, yes, so okay. maybe there was an issue uh, before he went off. Maybe there was an issue, of course, after he went off. The cars that has retained its distinctive colour scheme from last year is the Porsche 991 Cup car that runs in what looks like old Lotus Formula 1 colours. Yes. And we've... Uh, seen that car for a few years now as another gaggle of leading cars cross the line with a BMW ahead, now which of the BMWs is that Johnny that's just gone across the line, is that the leader no, it had the Falcon Motorsport BMW right behind Correct. which was, which is car number 3, so that'll be Katzberg and Klingman, the oh. Rover Racing and Falcon Motorsports battle for 10th and 11th places with now 10 laps completed just making sure my timing screen is up to date. But yeah, Katzberg and Klingman, the last across the line. Then Vincent Kolb in the all-blue Phoenix Racing Audi, number five. Meanwhile, Raffaele Marchiella, the Italian, in second position and desperately trying to close in on Tom Blomqvist in his BMW M6, but can't do anything about it just yet because the gap's actually opened up by a second on that last lap thing we need to look out for is maybe the gang in third position closing in on Marciello. Patrick Pile, who is third. Oh, there's a problem for the 510 BMW, but Patrick Pile, just to finish the point in third position, now six and a half seconds adrift of Marciello. 510 BMW hasn't quite made it back to its pits in the pit lane. The Glickenhaus got a turned around earlier on the 51 car but that's running nicely now I think that BMW's actually got to the end of the Tiergarten and turned right ah. so it's in the tourist lap pit lane rather than the oh. we're using right got you yes yeah. okay I'll give you that um, because driver standing at and actually the driver was visible as the camera panned around towards the hats and back so it's parked up in a safe area and that looks like retirement sadly for 510 to lap 11 we go and a big chunk of time taken out there by Raffaele Marciello he's found three seconds in just one sector alone on the race leader that's got to be traffic and of course if Blomqvist has to negotiate the traffic then the next thing is Marciello will have to feed his way through so those gaps will yin and yang a little bit and the 51 car that was in drama on the opening lap you may remember either through contact or cold tyres. This is Thomas Much driving the Scuderia Cameron Glickenhaus SCG 003. Oh, oh the Calibra's off. Calibra, the 621, the TGR car. Resplendent in its darker colour schemes this year. And 
that is on the run down to the V-Doll chicane. It's pretty spiffy new Audi intervention vehicles this year at the VLN, I've noticed. Uh, and all VLN branded as well. Ah, it's a problem with the right front suspension or steering arm on that 621 because it was a rather jaunty angle and didn't at all match up with what was going on on the left-hand side. So the question would be then, was that a breakage or bumping? Slow car out on the Nordschleifer is one of the cup-class Caymans, and that was very slow indeed as the team Identica Mercedes GT4 had to go buy it. And double waved yellows. This will be on the Grand Prix circuit near to where the Calibra is. Yes, it is. Just as the guys are getting ready to turn left onto the handsome back and go onto the Nordschleifer. That should be a relatively easy recovery there. Drag it back into the back of the paddock so Johnny we're coming down we've done more than half this race now uh, and we're down to an hour and 14 reduced remember to 2.45 after bad weather this morning you wouldn't think it now absolutely gorgeous do we call it late afternoon I suppose we do 5 o'clock at the Nürburgring yeah, and still very busy on the main straight as Porsches switch positions. Uh, that's the 66 car. That's an SP7 machine that we identified at the start of the race as another yellow and black uh, coloured car. Sometimes a novelty livery, but it doesn't seem so in this race. There are many colours, many cars painted in that uh, or wrapped in that livery, but there's a little bit of red on the 66, which makes it slightly more easy to identify. Car not a class leader, but I don't think very far away from being out front in SP7. It's the 78 car. No, it isn't. It's the 80 car that leads from car 66. So yes, second position for the ACV Motorsport Club Porsche 911 GT3. Now just clear something up about the Aston Martin. Ah yes, and our timing screen has now echoed the thoughts of Neil Wooding. But thanks. Neil for getting in touch about Nelly Martin. Telly Nelly Telly indeed I know Super, you're listening down there superstar at our Christmas quizzes just cannot touch the bloke he, uh, he is the in, in quiz like in motorsport quizzes we need to have a rule like they did in uh, ice racing in the Andros Trophy for um it won it about 14 times British Evan Muller Evan Muller thank you we need the Evan Muller route for Nelly I started that and I knew exactly where I was going with it and then Evan's name just some, just some way of pegging him back you mean you know, so just start, start him on minus 12 yeah, got or it. more minus 100 yeah. um, anyway I don't know where I actually got to the point uh, Neil Martin Brundle is in the 150 car and in right. fact the timing screen now as I say agrees with you the fact that Nelly's down there, does that suggest then that we're going to see something of Martin's run here and possibly the run later in the year oh, I'm sure. on the F1 coverage? On that would be F1 too good to ignore, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, every chance of that appearing on Sky F1 in due course. 
VLN1, VLN3 and VLN7 on Martin's list at the moment. VLN7 will be with Alex, son Alex, as part of a 60th birthday present. Celebration. Expedition. Celebration. Celebration. And I wonder if that's going to be in um, a slightly more... A slightly higher class of Aston Martin, then. Mm. Could be. Certainly could be at that stage. TCR's been a bit of a change, Johnny. 806 is the Cupra that leads. Then at the I-30N in second. Then a Seat Cup car in third before the Veloster. Making its, I think this is its European uh, competition debut for the Veloster TCR. The Veloster NTCR in third position. Separated by just under 90 seconds. Honda Civic, VW, Golf and another Cupra in there as well. Meanwhile, the FEV Racing 820 car just heading towards a yellow flag, which could become more severe as far as a caution is concerned. It's just yeah, out of Bergwerk, the climb of the hill. Now, was that a Code 60 board being displayed. I think it was for the third placed TCR car. This is a Seat Cup Racer TCR machine, number 820 trying to hunt down a Hyundai, but actually the i30 and who leads the class then? Oh, it's the Seat Cooper from Matilda Racing. Johnny, somebody's lunched the engine big style at Bergwerk there. Okay. Huge amount of uh, material on the road to dry the oil. Now he's climbing the hill. It's one of my as I said, it's one of my favourite parts of the circuit. This, but every part of the Nürburgring Nordschleife is a great part of the circuit. Those three ever-tightening left-handers, and then there's a recovery vehicle coming up the hill as well. And the third one's so a little runoff on the right-hand side. Now, let's see if we can see what it was on the back of there. It looked either BMW or Mercedes-shaped. I, I was about to see it. Is that one of the road racing cars? Uh, no, I don't think it was. I don't think it was a GT3 car. Also, another problem with a broken rear suspension arm for one of the Caymans running down towards the final part. At least he's going to get towards the tear garden, and he has got an intervention vehicle behind him. Now, did he get a little clip earlier on? Well, that's that's the 81. Well, that's the 81 car. So now we found out why the 81 car went around and then went straight back into the pit lane. Yeah. That wasn't the 81 car that was still coming down the Donegal Hall. That's the number 400 car with a rather jaunty bit of rear wheel steering from the left hand rear. He's dri drifting it into the tear garden. Has to. It's one of the V6 cars. And. The driver, who is Adimon Solivaris, has got that car back into the pit lane and done a very good job to get it there. Yeah. Uh, Vidal sponsorship to match the chicane towards the end of the Grand Prix track. Car 400, as you say, a V6 entered machine. And fourth place for that Pixum Team Adrenaline Motorsport Cayman. So it will go all the way to the far end where Pixum Team Adrenaline tend to be based loads of cars as always entered by that preparation outfit who, whose headquarters, whose base is just a stone's throw away from the start finish straight here at the Nürburgring and 
they basically run an arrive and drive program for whatever class you want to be in so pick some team adrenaline here with sp10 cars so gt4 they got cup five cars galore a couple of v5 v6 porsche caymans represented in v4 as i've mentioned v5 yeah in the sp10 categories so i think that's at least four different classes covered by pixum and some work for them to do then on the rear suspension now of car 400 as watching their way back towards the end of the Dottinger Hur are a clutch more Porsches and that is pursuing the white and orange car closing up under brakes 927 it may well be turn number one in a moment or two but some great dicing again obviously want to concentrate on the GT3 battle as well, somewhere in sector three currently and being led by Tom Blomqvist but Raffaele Marciello is taking time out of the Brit here, down so to 10.7 seconds as 202 and 212. That's the battle for the lead in SP6. Right. There you go. And they were half a second at the line and that's a GT3 Porsche cup car leading the bobble he's driving 202 it's the bobble yeah the bobble. And, the, and the club sport behind is the Kim which has at the wheel uh, Marcus Schmickler also co-driving with Achem Valva as they are side by side Cheers for the lead and the bobble gets done there in the cutout but isn't quite done yet not really a giant bobble on the top of the car, don't you? Wobbling around, that uh, is an addition. The uh, Manta's got the foxtail, so why not? There, There is a very, very smart Nürburgring bobble hat. Bixie has got one, and so is the responsible adult. And it's got a really big pom-pom on the top, so that you can't Perfect. miss it. Yes. It's absolutely... I've, I've got the uh, slightly quieter woolly hat that's just got the little red line around the edge of it that traces part of the track and uh, that's that's perfect on days when you're driving something with the roof off beautiful afternoon moving into early evening just coming up to 10 past 5 in Central Europe and this race then has about an hour to run an hour and 5 minutes officially that we were told that there was a curfew at 6.05 18.05 which is just on an hour away so it may be that this race does not go to its full distance just wondering by the way about what Martin Brundle's plans are here and he's obviously going to get his laps in and that's important because with a short race you want to make sure you get as many laps in as you absolutely can if you do a four-hour race pretty much on your own, and you can do, yeah, that's pretty much your laps, by the way. That would get you... Oh, OK. That's not useful to know. Depends how many... Obviously, it depends if you keep out the pits or not. True. Because it's about laps and not time. Good point. So that's the key thing to remember at the Nürburgring when you're trying to get your licence. Not that I've looked into it many times, of course. <laughs> it's uh, on the bucket list. 6.50, still the Cup 5 leader who is David Griesner now, taking over from Yannick Fubrich. So we'll 
what sort of a lead has the 650 car got over the second place car in Cup 5, which is the 695 Team Arvia or Grensport machine. It's, God, you know, quite decent for that category Cup 5. About 25 seconds, I make it, between first and second. You can certainly do something with that in terms of race management. And the better news for 650 is that there's a, a battle royale on for second and third in the class, so they're probably far more focused on one another. 6.95 and 6.79. 6.79 being driven by Christian Connard. 6.79 was one of the cars we had to mention because it's got a fin as part of the driving lineup. Ewan Har Hannanen drives 6.79 with Christian Connard and Mark Ehret. Race leader Tom Blomqvist heading down the long straight then from the Schwabenschwanz towards the kink part way down, long way down the Dottinger Hoa, the car again nearly leaving the ground there over a big old yump and passed a white flag which was warning everybody of a stricken car to the right on the run into Tiergarten. I really don't remember seeing any of the classes of cars, certainly not the top class of cars, moving around so much as they came in to take, alright, it's a, you know, it's a tricky part of the track, but as you say, virtually getting off the ground there. It's been quite a violent run into that sequence of corners, certainly for the last 12 months. But what I don't know is which portions have been resurfaced and whether they've done... Well, what I was going to say was whether they've shaved anything. But that, should act, yeah. that should make the surface and the approach a little better, not, uh, not more bumpy. Rover Racing BMWs, by the way, on Michelin tyres. And... A Dunlop shot BMW, number 181, is now in the pit lane showing scars on the front left corner, which is the SP10. Now, what's this, the SP10 leader? Leader, yes. 181, because it's now shown a second position behind Tristan Vidas in his Black Falcon Mercedes AMG. Vidas, the Estonian, who raced in the Cup 5 BMW category last year, moving now to 162, and so to faster machinery. And this... Uh, Mercedes, but uh, BMW M4. Well, I don't think they're showing signs of this needing to receive a great deal of work. New driver strapping himself in. The worry for me there would be the underfloor part of uh, of that because that looked like it was a bit loose, and that may cause an issue coming down to the last hour. Just about 70 seconds away from the last. One hour of racing in this shortened race. Live around the world. Good to have your company. Tell you what, it couldn't go on very much longer at this time of the year. It's not going to get dark, but certainly if we'd had to run the four hours, it would have been yeah. Yeah. dusk. I suppose all these cars should be eligible for the N24, so they all carry headlights. Uh, even the KTM. Yes, can, can run after dark as hours but uh, you are up against a sound curfew uh, regarding the the unlimited cars as far as volume is concerned What's I would guess they've only a, got a certain number of days per year yes of what's that technical word when you when you only have certain days of un, unrestricted sound unrestricted or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Un, unlimited or un, 
unrestricted volume, decibel level. So and even that is not normally unrestricted. It'll probably be yes, maybe 108 dB. Yeah. Some places have as much as 110. And of course, the decibel scale is not a linear scale; it's a logarithmic scale. So the difference between 105 and 107, and 107 and 110, is huge. Yeah. I can never get my brain around that, but you don't measure dB with a ruler, basically. Correct. You can't. Uh, Start multiplying. Yeah. Crazy. Whoever came up with that idea? Uh, the 35 Falcon Horse BMW just heading now through the fast sweepers on the Grand Prix track. This is the car that has Jody Fannin against it and currently at the wheel. Me, Rudy Adams. I thought it might be Rudy Adams, Rudy Adams Emmanuel Vinca, and Jody Fanning, the former right. ELMS champion. Well, I've got to, I've got to say that our listeners and viewers are absolutely stunningly good because from an onboard shot some time ago, eight minutes ago, Yordas uncle tweeted in and said Beamer on the tour truck might have been the two ten. I stress might. I reposted it, and Alan Prosser, who is king of the screen grab, uploaded a bigger picture, and he's absolutely spot on. We've just seen that car come back into the pits with heavy damage to the front, and particularly to the front left of that BMW. I'd suggest that was the car that had its issue at Bergwerk uh, and left a lot of oil or fluid on the track there. Jordis Uncle, doff me capped here. Well, he's good, he has. It wasn't a great start to that lap. If it did, it was the same lap for Alexander Prince because that car got nerfed somewhat by the Cup 5 BMW. So he was facing the wrong way at turn number one. And then maybe later on on the very same lap, there's been an, an, an issue on a slippery surface there. And obviously going skating off towards the scenery. Probably no fault of Alex's at all, but uh, the BMW having to come back then on a flatbed, and that's one of two Hoffa Racing entered BMWs this weekend. What I don't know is that if they're in the same class, because sometimes we do get a uh, yes. um, slightly different spec of BMWs from that crew. One is an SP6 car, and the other's an SP6 car, so there's your answer. They have got a V4 BMW as well, have Hoffa, with Rolf Derscheid and Michael Flemmer, Flemmer and Zoran. Radulovic doing the driving in the V4 number 745 BMW that's a 325i so three cars here this weekend for the Swiss outfit just a note on the 13 Viper the Zach Speed car it's Florian Strauss at the wheel of that now and that GT3R car is 21st overall 17th in SP9 Pro not bad for a car that's not by any stretch of the imagination, Johnny, up there with the latest specification of GT3 car. Now, I, you know, I accept that that category in all of GT3 is a balance of performance category. Therefore, in theory, you should be able to take a 6, 7, 8, 9, however many years old car and still be competitive. But of course, manufacturers don't bring out new cars or Evo models to make them go any slower. No. So there is an advantage to having a newer car. Damage to a Clio coming back down the Dottico Hall. Again, I think. 
Oh, good spot. Yeah, only partly because of the paint scheme. Very good spot, Johnny, that is. Through the years of doing this, first couple of seasons. McGann RS leading class V2. Well, there are a couple of McGann's in the race, so it's either it's one or the other. The three RS's actually in this race. I haven't realised it was so well populated. And there are an awful lot of Clios as well, of course. But yes, the V2 class has McGann's first and second right now. That car will head to the pit lane potentially with the front left damage. 12 laps done, and the leader is Tom Blomqvist. He last pitted on. Now, what did I have when I was actually keeping tabs on when cars were pitting? It was lap 6 or 7. Feeling they can do eight lap stints, so we're looking at maybe lap 15 for the BMW. What they'll be doing now, Johnny, is looking at the back of the race, they'll be looking at the race backwards now, and by that, I don't mean that they're standing and looking over their shoulder. This is a timed race, 55 minutes to go. Let's accept that that's what's going to happen as there is movement down on the pit lane at the Royal Racing team. Mikkel Jensen. Yes, it is Mikkel. It is. And, yeah, how much do you rely on the race clock, though? Because if we run that 54 and a half minutes, you're going to go beyond the 6.05 finish time. And I think you're looking at maybe seven and a half minutes less than that. The times aligned quite nicely. It's 25 past the previous hour. But whatever happens, they can get in now, and an eight-lap stint gets them to the end. Yes, indeed. So whether it's seven laps or eight laps or six laps left, it doesn't matter. They can get to the end from here. That's the key thing to have got the car into a window where they can get to the end. Good point. And that's basically where you want to be. Interestingly, there are other takers pitting on this lap as well for their second stops. From second position, Marciello is pitted for Manfilter, Team HTP, and also in Patrick Pile from third. So that will leave, well, depending what the Lamborghini does, the Lamborghini stays out, in fact, and Michele Di Martino has just set the Lamborghini's best lap of the race at 8.07.0. So clearly we're in a phase where there aren't any cautions... Despite, well, that BMW 210 had been recovered a little while ago, hadn't it? So I think the Code 60s now have all been withdrawn. When was the Condor Racing Nissan last in? Um, it pitted on lap four, I'm pretty sure. And then... And then? I'd be guessing, but I'm pretty sure it was a longest stint. So you're talking lap 11... You're wondering whether that car can actually make it to the finish. Yes, now. well, on two stops. Well, it's possible. Let's see. 98 BMW getting a little push backwards. That's just to clear the other cars. Remember, the fill is going on through a pistol grip filler, like you would get at your local service station. Shared as well between a couple of pit boxes in the pit lane. Timer in the car for the amount of time that they are stationary because there is a sort of standardised P2 
picks up time. It just depends how many laps you've been in as to how long you've got to be in the pits. Well, we might be at the stage now where actually that minimum pit stop time is judged on how long is left at yeah. the end of the race Correct. rather than the stints that you've just done. It is, and it's difficult to kind of give you the regulations on that point because this is, this is such an unusual race running to 2 hours 45 minutes but in a regular 4 hour race the first few stints are based on how long you've been out there whether it was a 4, a 5, a 6 lap stint etc then for your final pit stop that's based on how long have you got to go yeah. because if you come in with 5 minutes left on the clock it can be a very quick stop indeed there was another car that stopped early Johnny and I can't for the life of me remember which one it was round about lap, lap it might have been the end of lap 3 or the end of lap 4 I know the Nissan was one yeah. but I can't remember what the other one was that will be somewhat off strategy yes exactly I had, I had quite a lot coming in on lap 5 yeah including two, two of the ones that have just stopped in fact so five plus eight is yeah they've, so they've done your kind of standard eight lap stint the 48 Mercedes the 912 Porsche the 34 BMW Lucas Ordonez and Kelvin van der Linde in the 29 car also stopped I think that Nissan can go at the end okay I cool. think we'll get to... So you said he was lasting at 11. That'd be 11, yes? Didn't come in on 13. I'm pretty sure he didn't come in on 12, so it must have been 11. Right, OK. So if he came in on 11... Um, if he did 5, then 8... Well, he could have got a bit further in. Um, but anyway... No, I think, I think that uh, Nissan came in on lap 4. Right, OK. And then came in on lap... 11, so could, yeah. have, could have been 12, but I'm pretty sure it was 11. Okay, so seven or eight laps there. Okay, that kind of works. Yeah. I say that. So if it's 11 and the race goes to 19 laps, I reckon he can go at the end. If it goes to 20 laps and he stopped at 11, he's... Uh, he, I, I, think that's, I think that's what they're doing. Yeah. I think they're having a go. Yeah, well, why not? I mean, they didn't qualify particularly well, so why not really send the strategy into a peculiar uh, way of looking at it well Pro- out of the problem with this is you can't save a lap's worth of fuel no, because it, there is no way that you can save a lap's worth of fuel um, in the longer races you can save fuel and therefore not have to put so much in uh, and that is a, definitely a strategy that can be played out so that your fuel fill time is at fewer seconds and you spend less time on the pit lane I don't think they're going to win it, but I think they, we might see that they're a little further up by the end. I think that's an interesting strategy that they've done there. Martin Brundle's heading back towards the completion of another lap in the 150 Aston Martin Vantage V8, the classic V8 Vantage shape. Well, call it as we see it at the moment. The Lamborghini stayed out. Yes. That was the first car in the leading gaggle to not come down pit road so Di Martino leads Bergmeister I reckon now in the number 4 Falcon Motorsports Porsche and then it's Marcus Finkelhock in the 32 Audi but all three of those cars should be due in yes. next time around yes and I like this class by the way the V4 class for the 325 E90s yes that's a great idea 
well, so do a lot of people because I think that's the one with 21 cars in it. Yeah. So, and isn't that also where our champions came from last year? Yeah. So they're back again, and I'm talking about Chris Rink. Danny Brink and Philip Lyson. Yes, and they are running the number one in class V4 once again this year. Have they had a puncture earlier on? Did they oh, get they that did. car back going again? Uh, good question. Bear with me a moment. Car number one will be difficult to search for. I'll right. find. Uh, let's have a look. We're a long way from home. The Eret Motorsport 704. It was BMW in that class, just on the Grand Prix circuit at the moment. It was Brightshide, I think, that they think suffered right. that panel they, uh, puncture. And Highly competitive class. Cars looking fairly standard from the outside. No additions of big wings or anything like that. So they'll be quick in a straight line and pretty terrifying through the corners without any downforce. And the Eric Motorsport 704 car heads on to... The hats about it's all about balance and momentum in those cars. I think they're a retirement because I can't mm. see them anywhere on the screen right now. Awful start to that defending champion season. Yep. Yeah, not not the way that they uh, would have wanted to kick 2019 off, having get, had a lot of um, uh, attention. Going into this race, almost also being interviewed, I think before the qualifying session or between qualifying and the race by journalists down in the pit lane. Very, very difficult to try and defend a championship at the VLN. 3 1 Porsche Cup car is the rent to drive familiar racing machine. And that's, that's all right, sitting inside the top 30, in fact, inside the top 25 at the moment. Yeah, and leading SP8 as well. Yeah. So SP8 has the 131 Porsche from the second is Rahel Fry now back at the wheel of her Gitty Tire Motorsport Audi R8 LMS, car number 148. And then Martin Brundtland third. And then Brundtland third, there you go. So. Good little class that. Oh, very close quarters action with the Falcon Tires Porsche coming down the dotted hole and just drafting by at that sort of darker red Audi which has again got that matte finish and by the time they get the tear guard there's four or five cars lengths in between them so is, is this the Falcon Tires car coming in the pit lane? Yeah, it it is and the car you didn't get a view of was the Conrad Motorsport Lamborghini but that was ahead of all of those cars and has pitted as well from fourth position so Michele Di Martino will now hand over we've had Marco Mapelli We've had Di Martino, who qualified the car earlier on today, so that leaves Frank Pereira to do the final stint in that number seven Lambo. So that was the Audi Sport team car collection 32. Yes. Uh, and that Which stayed has, out, actually. Yeah, I'm just trying to work out whether that car had already pitted. I don't think it has. So, he's, so which Finkelhock is in that? Uh, Marcus. Right, that is Marcus, OK. And behind... Marcus Winkelhock is Nicky Katzberg in the 99 BMW, which has done its last stop. Uh, no, that's only stopped once as well. All right, so, so it's the 98 that has. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. 
So who's the leading car that have done two pit stops? That's the Con- Conrad's in. They're in, they're in. Let's find somebody who's running. So it is the... Ah! No, they've just got in. So it is... The 98 car is the leading car on the timing screen that's done two stops, and it will only be, it should only be a two-stop race. Unless you've messed about with the... Uh, yes. Tactics, of course. Well, I think this race, more than any other this year, potentially, is, is open to messing about with tactics, because it is so unusual. It remains to be seen whether full championship points will be on offer but um, a question of just getting into a good position here by you know, trying to trying to back time it as well as you can but with 43 minutes and 20 seconds left on the clock I reckon we've actually got 31 36 minutes to go so yes it's, we're 7 minutes off on the, on the race clock Assuming we have to show the checkered flag at 6.05, and that's what we've been told. 6.05, Central European time, that is. So Di Martino pitted on that lap from the lead. Marcus Finkelhock and Pereira does indeed take that to Conrad Motorsport Lamborghini over from Pereira. And Fabian Vettel, who's just brought in the number 24 Get Speed Performance Mercedes from SP9 Pro, 14th in that class. May well have a driver change for that car as well. But Marcus Winkelhock leads now for Audi Sport Team Car Collection from the Rover Racing Nick Katzberg driven BMW M6. And then it's Klaus Backler and Alex Imperatori in their Falcon Motorsports cars. But it depends where those guys feed back into the sequence. Mathieu Jaminet is not going to be very far away from this no, either. No. Uh, Jaminet is just done his car's best lap of the race at 8.04.2 somewhere in the middle sector right now the Frenchman um, but has to do another stop probably at the end of this lap after a bit of extensive uh, research I asked somebody who knew the Ham comes in VLN uh, in the final round this year the Münsterland Pucar there you go so you were right when you said it was the, the final round got to love a race where you get food as a as a trophy food guitar wrong really, you know, yeah. something, a, something a bit different than just another big cup you get and you get one of those historic Nürburgring uh, garlands oh yeah basically wrap your whole the whole of your torso yeah they're great um, and they've been handed out well, since this place was built I think um, there'll be some champers like the laurel then, wreath type thing they're great aren't they yeah um, oh, there'll be a spot of fizzy as well, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and a massive ham. Where can you go wrong? TCR leader, quite possibly, now heading into Tiergarten. That looks like a Matilda Racing Sayat. Uh, so not the leader, I beg your pardon. Um, it's the story of the Hyundais now. It is, first and second. Yeah, TCR. Mark Bassing pedalling very quickly indeed, as he right, knows uh, no no other way, really. The well, 833 car, second I pres- position. I presume they've all made their pit stops, and they'll be going to... I mean, they can, surely they can do it. Should be able to do it on one stop. You think? I think. Two hours 45? No, that'd be an hour and 20. That's too much. I don't know. We'll wait and see. But uh, if they are going to come in 
for a second time. They'll have to do it in the next 10 to 15 minutes, otherwise it seems hardly worth it. So 8.06, is that a Matilda racing car? Yes, it is. It's a Cupra TCR yeah, and third position for that machine. And it is wearing the new Cupra badge as well. Cupra, the new sporting face oh, yes. of right. that company. I was talking to one of their executives the other day, actually, about something else entirely. And, and sort of getting the idea of where that brand is going. And they have got some exclusive cars, so they won't just be faster versions of the parent company they're going to have their own cars and he says very important to know a Seat can be a Cupra but a Cupra can never be a Seat interesting okay so they are going to still have some Seat Cupra versions of cars right but the Cupras themselves when they've got that golden badge on the or bronze colour badge on the grill is just a Cupra and you don't mention the S-word. Right. So, so the race cars, all the new models of race cars are Coopers. Coopers, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's what was annoying me slightly because I'm pretty good at calling them just plain Coopers. Uh, and yet on the entry list, it's listed as a one of those seats. Yeah. Uh, so that's an inaccuracy on the entry list and also on the timing screen. But... We'll gloss over that. Third position for car 806. I can't tell you whether it's Matthias Vassal or Frederick Yearly doing the driving, but nevertheless, good stint lately. The problem is it's well over half a minute away. In fact, approaching a minute behind now that Hyundai battle, which in itself is separated by about 30 seconds. So Peter Turtig putting his experience to very good use indeed. The I30N TCR uh, out front in the TCR battle. Catching a glimpse of the 150 car, the Aston Martin of Martin Brundle. Third in SP8 and trying to hunt down car 131 that leads and 148 which is second in that class meanwhile it won't be very long before we see the cars that lead overall appearing at the end of the dotting of her they do so now and Marcus Winkelhock and Nicky Katzberg are virtually neck and neck as they did so they've been trading sector times uh, because Katzberg lost 0.8 of a second through the first sector he virtually gained that back through the next sector and they are virtually no to tail Vinkelhock, yeah, he, he is still ahead, but, but being he has caught to, by Katzberg. But he, does he have to pit? Uh, I reckon they will be in this time, the, yes. I think they both have to be in this time, don't they've they? They've got to be to the right side of that BMW, ideally, although they've managed to duck past it. They're running out of laps. I can't think there's much fuel left in the tank here. The BMW thinks Stiss I could go for another one. Wowzers. So, here goes the BMW of Nick Katzberg, who will become the new race leader. And although the clock says 37 minutes, I reckon we've got closer to half an hour to go. So where's that BMW going to be when it pits surely next time around? The Katzberg, who drives at the moment, Vittman and John Edwards' car, back to the Mercedes Arena. John Edwards will do the closing stint. There'll be hardly any laps for him to do. Now, question is... How far ahead is that 99 car of cars that have made their stops? 
Yes. Uh, I'll tell you what, the, the Lamborghini's right back in this. Frank Pereira, he's had a good outlap. So, uh, Frickadelli Racing Team number 31, Mathieu Jaminet came in as well uh, at the end of that lap. So, the leading car... The leading car that has made two stops is the Row of Racing 98. Falkenhorst still need a stop. And in fact, coming to the pits now in that 35. Okay, so that BMW's come in. Presumably Adams will get out of that car now. So we're going to be into a position where the Rover Racing BMWs have worked their way to a 1-2. Yes, Katzberg still owes us the stop, but the 99 will be the next car over the line. Sorry, 98 rather, which is Mikkel Jensen, who's just taken that car over. So Jensen over the line now in second position. Shown as fifth, but that will rectify itself in a few moments. Yes, because the cars ahead of him have all pitted. So they're all stationary, still in the pits. So Winkelhock, Jaminet, Adams out the car, out of their respective cars now. 32, Audi. 31, 912, Porsche. 912 is next into the Mercedes arena. So that car third. Right, and that car's done its last stop. So Pele will go to the end. So Mantai again have played the tactics perfectly. And now an all BMW battle. This is the number three M6 in the Falcon colours with virtually tied to its back bumper the 36 car. It's the Lucas Ordonez machine, isn't it? Although it may not be still the Spaniard at the wheel. Uh, no, it wasn't the 36. It must have been the 34, was yeah. it? Yeah, OK. There you go. Yeah. And they are virtually banging door handles there heading into the Mercedes arena so PlayStation car on the inside and the number three on the outside just needs to break a little bit later than the Falcon Motorsport car running too deep into the corner if anything and has to get back to the racing line as quickly as possible but they're just uh, breaking deliberately later than you would naturally do on a quick lap and managed yes to have just boxed the number three car out of it so who's driving the 34 David Pittard David Pittard yeah in the Doing Battle a great four, job. and that was a scrap with Alex Imperatori, the Swiss driver, at the wheel of car number three. Still waiting for uh, the exact order out onto this lap, then. But yeah, Jensen went through, didn't he? Pile, Hoenardel. Don't discount the 48 man filter racing car yet either. Then Klaus Backler and Frank Pereira in the number four Falcon Motorsports Porsche and the seven Lamborghini. As the battle between the two BMWs now works its way onto the hats and back. And one of the two Fricadelli Racing Porsches heads into Tiergarten with traffic to deal with. Car right. number 30, Klaus Abelin. I'm. Your summation is correct. 99 from 98. Those are your leading pair of cars. And then it's very tight indeed between the 32, which it looks like Finkelhock has stayed in, Patrick Pile and Christian Hoenardel. I think those three are pretty close together on the track. 
and with time ticking down towards the a maximum of the last half hour and I'll say a maximum of the last half an hour because we've still got this potential of a curfew at 6 or 5 Klaus Abelin driving the red and white Frigadelli Porsche he exits the Mercedes Arena on the Grand Prix circuit to take that first cut out 979 just in behind him the 978 car report does stationary at the swallow's tail Schwalbenschwanz and there is a code 60 there now as well mm. well that will hamper anyone potentially getting a good run well, maybe out of that corner and yeah. onto the Dottinger Hur as the TCR class leader Peter Turting staying at the wheel of car number 830 the I30N that's a cracking, cracking result for those guys. Well, with the Veloster in second position currently, very much so. Mark Bassang, who knows this place like the back of his hand, is just now 22 seconds behind. Might have even taken the lead, you know, with that car stopping uh, because the timing's currently displayed if you're keeping attention to timing and scoring in various places on the web. Uh, it doesn't take into account... Uh, cars that have just come into the pits and therefore where they feed back in you just get the uh, readjustment of the order at the line basically the timing line the blue TCR cars were testing at the Nürburgring on Friday but I presume only on the short track there you go um, amazingly enough the guys from W Racing Team WRT having had their 10th birthday celebration loading the cars onto the trucks and getting ready to head off before the party even finished <laughs> the party went on so I am told by the way to the wee small hours of the morning but everyone was back as that desk who needed to be the next day 601 is the Kistling Motorsport Opel Manta in second place I think, oh no in fourth place at the moment in H2 Renault Clio that leads that class, car 620, and is streets ahead of everybody else in H2. 614, another Clio. In fact, it's a Clio 123. Bear in mind, the H2 leader is 62nd overall, mm. and you have to look all the way down to 101st to find its nearest rivals. Yeah, there's laps between some of those cars, possibly, but they're not, they're not all certainly tucked up behind one another. There was a stat last year, Johnny, wasn't there? And I, and I, I really should have written it down because then I would have remembered it. About how many laps, the record racing laps that Opel Man has done. And it's some ridiculous amount, isn't it? Yeah. And the distance is, you know, to the sun and back twice or something. <laughs> Maybe to the moon and back. But, uh, yeah, it's um, many, many laps. And I think if you take the driver out of that, it would still know its way around. What do you think it does the rest of the time when they're not racing? Eh? The car's just going round on its own. Pretty much, yeah. Like a slot car. Yeah. I can imagine that. Teichmann Racing 960 Porsche. Just trying to put a lap on the 693 BMW M... Oh, that's a 240i, in fact. Yeah. The Arvia Salt Rensport entered car. Down in 13th position is 693. And Cup 5 is currently led... 
650 machine, just updating my screen. It, it, yeah, the 650 Griesner piloted BMW from Pixum Team Adrenaline Motorsports. So, 28 minutes remain on the clock, but we know that the chequered flag's likely to be shown at roughly five past the hour, and in from the lead for Rover Racing, Nick Katzberg. Winkelhock should follow suit, so that will leave eventually maybe the number 98 car who leads the way. So we're definitely inside, whatever happens, Johnny, we're definitely inside the last half hour of this race. The sun already beginning to get low on the horizon and there'll be various parts of the track now with the topography of the circuit that... Various parts of the circuit now with the topography of the circuit that... Uh, are in very much in shadow it's been it's been an odd one this because it's been hard to take the temperature of the race if you like you know because it's it's so short and i and i feel like right i'm getting into it now i'm just starting to to get into the rhythm of it and i i suspect the drivers are probably thinking the same thing because they haven't really had the chance to get into that groove that you were talking about with the Ma with the manta uh, decent battles going on around the circuit still with the Falcon car side by side with Fricadelli. I thought they were pretty close and there's a touch coming into Tiergarten and they're still side by side as they come through the final right and left onto the Grand Prix circuit and the Falcon car just manages to get ahead but it's going to be another dive bomb down the inside into turn one. And the other thing is at the head of the order the Patrick Pile Porsche and the Mikkel Jensen BMW cross the line with eight hundredths of a second between them. Now, if that's not side by side, I don't know what is. Mm. Nine twelve versus ninety-eight. They're going to be completely together, heading on to lap number seventeen. So, so that nine twelve cars come from nowhere. Well, uh, not, not from nowhere, but it, it hasn't shown in the top. Didn't qualify well. It top qualified. Three or four places, it not. qualified in tenth position. And Fred Makoviki and Patrick Pile have driven the wheels off it to be well in contention now. And they've won this race last year. They've got a chance to defend this race. They were also N24 winners in yeah. 2018 too. Yeah, absolutely. Still, this Fricatelli and Falcon tyre battle goes on on the Grand Prix circuit. They're heading down towards the Vidal Shakir now plunging downhill. Is RS4... This is RS3, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Extraordinary battling inside the last 25 minutes if it goes to the full 245. Remember, there is a curfew. Five past six, and it's nearly 10 to six in Central Europe right now. Lovely light at various parts of the circuit as the Falcon and Fricatelli Porsches are battling full position on the track. Last pit stops 
having been completed now by all of the leaders. Let's just have a check on now that I've said that. Yes, everyone's done two pit stops. Oh, oh the road is now which Audi is that in the gravel trap? Desperately trying to steer from left to right. It's happened on the Grand Prix track. I don't think there are gravel traps anywhere else on the, the long track. It's car number nine, I think, which is the Steve Yance driven Phoenix Racing Audi. Well, that's second in Pro-Am. Yes. Second in Pro-Am, 14th overall, if that's the Phoenix Racing 9. And I think it is, Johnny. It's definitely a single-digit race number, which looks very much like a 9. And the car is off the road in the gravel trap, so that area will be covered at the moment by yellow flags as the Mercedes red get speed performance livery heading now towards the timing line and that is either the 24 or no it's the number two isn't it's it two. so Marek Bockman in his get speed performance inside the top 20 Mercedes yeah inside the top 20 and will gain a spot because of the number nine car being off the road good point just trying to work out where Steve Yance has made that little error might be running into turn number one very easy to outbreak yourself in that downhill stretch. There's also a Pixum Team Adrenaline car off the road, I noticed as well, uh, at the Mercedes Arena. Yeah, um, that's off to drivers right in the very early part of the lap. Well, has there been a coming together there than going into turn one that has seen some... Yeah, yeah, I think the has. I think you spot on with turn one, Johnny. Saw a flash of red over by turn one. In that we've seen cars go straight on there before and you think how can you get that far in there but that just tells you how quickly they're arriving at turn one I wonder if there's been a bit of side-by-side -side contact because I think the Pixum car had damage to the steering well so lit in the race that is absolutely heartbreaking Jonathan Edwards continues to lead handily Yeah, excuse me, it's not uh, Edwards at all, is it? He's, it's, uh, he's dropped into second position. It's his teammate, the, the Jensen car, that is leading the 98 because of the pit stop. Just trying to work out which of the Pixum Team Adrenaline cars has come a cropper at the Mercedes Arena. It's not the Cup 5 leader, and... Or is it 652? So 650. So 620. 650 safely onto its next lap. It's somewhere in the fourth sector. Uh, 620 is your shout. Yeah, 620 is in the pits, I think. Okay. Oh, or has it just come out? No, surely it has just come out of the pits. It? it will be a. It might be the 630 car. Right. Which has gone over the line to complete the short sector, but then has not appeared at the end of this next lap. No, 6.30 is all right as well. Strange, and it might even be running oh. again now. Is there a drama for the Viper? Now, they're into a code 60, I think, to deal with the recovery of that Correct. BMW. Correct. And then the greens are out. Uh, TCR, late pit stop for the leading Veloster, the leading Hyundai, the Veloster. And Mark Bessing's brought that car in the pit, so they haven't quite got enough to go to the end. Now, who does that 
hand the lead to, I think that goes back to Peter Terting then, doesn't it? Has he made his other stop? Yes, he has. So that's all right. That's all right. I was thinking that was an additional stop. Bessing is back out. Still trying to get a definitive answer and I'm not 651 will right. be the Pixum uh, BMW oh, well because it, it it's taken 2 minutes and 44 seconds to get to the end of the Grand Prix track and I and it's gone in the pits so it's just done a lap of the Grand Prix yeah. and then straight in yeah. with damage possibly on the end of a tow rope of course if an intervention vehicle picks it up so that is I can't tell you where it was in Cup 5 but I don't remember 651 troubling the top no, 5 it, it, let's say but I can tell you it's Heinz Kroner, Heinz Jürgen Kroner, no less, sharing with Marcel Lennertz in this race. The Subaru BRZ, or BRZ for those of you in the States, is leading its class. That's the red Subaru. And I think that's... Is that a V3 class leader? Subaru is... BR, yeah, SP3. 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 Ahead, actually, of a... GT86, a white GT86, the number 286, which dives down the inside and makes up ground under the yellow flags at turn one. But that is a genuine battle for the lead there between those two very similar cars. And meantime, other battles, 99 and the 912 are side by side. The 912 is very quick in a straight line. Down the Dottinger Hall, up over the little rise before the braking area for Tiergarten and goes through so peel it goes through and let's see them come across the line and let this timing update I think the 912 yeah. has gone across in second position no he leads uh, in, in leading position yes that's the first time the 98 car slow now into the caution area at turn one so the two leaders separated by a cigarette paper as it was they get even tighter there Pele and and the Mikkel Jensen driven BMW right. so hang on a second when I corrected myself earlier on and said John Edwards was leading and said no of course he's not it's the Jensen car that's gone back through that wasn't the case that car's sitting down in fourth position so the last pit stops didn't work at all for the 98 car which was the Paul sitting car well the benefit of course for John Edwards is that he was able to take a quicker stop less fuel yeah, and less exactly. time required so that's always the nice thing about these races is that the longer you leave a pit stop the less time you have to spend doing it 48's taking a while to get back up to speed as well. Christian Hohenardl, but he does so now. So Hohenardl running in fifth position. So here's your order then. Oh, after 17 laps, Patrick Pile from John Edwards in 912 and 99 respectively. Then the 32 Audi of Marcus Winkelhock for car collection. The 98 Rover Racing BMW, Michael Jensen now a factory BMW driver ahead of the Manfilter team HTP Mercedes of Christian Hohenardl that's car 48 and 31 of Matthew Jaminet for Fricadelli Racing yes so Done. and all of a sudden the Manti car having had a bit of a mare in qualifying 
not really showing its pace early on. When it counts with two laps to go, which is effectively what we've got, is at the top. Yep. And when did that car last stop? stoppers on lap yes. 5 it then went to lap 13 right and the question is now well, should be well right. inside the 8 e even if we have to go to lap 20 that would only be a 7 lap stint even I can do that kind of arithmetic although I did have to count out my fingers there <laughs> it's been a long day um, the thing is we are now 3 minutes to the hour and the chequered flag expected in 8 minutes so we're still 15 minutes on the clock, so we have to see now whether, you know, we've been talking about this curfew all day and we've not heard anything official about no, it, true. although it does exist and it's documented. The difficulty is that the next lap completed will be at something like 603, 604. Yeah. So you allow them round again for another eight lap stint. The chequered flag comes out then, which is, which is okay. Yeah, that's because you reckon there's a 10 minute lead, leeway and then you can allow them to race for that final lap. Well, as I'm, long I'm, as guessing, I'm guessing that. Okay. The only thing I've been able to find out online, and several people have told me this and I've seen it as well, is that there's a 18.05 Central European yeah. Time embargo, uh, embargo, curfew, sorry. Twenty past three o'clock local time and run till five past six. But you've got to think that you know they know that five past six. If the flag comes out, then the cars could still be running at ten past. Yeah, uh, at quarter past. Sorry, quarter fifteen past. past. Which is what I think. Yeah. So we reckon last lap board effectively this time by for the leaders that are somewhere in the middle sector in fact completing the middle sector Patrick Pile and he's got about a four or five second lead I would say it started this lap 0.5 of a second but John Edwards for whatever reason not able to keep up with the Porsche on this lap and creeping through into third position now Mikkel Jensen so yeah. Jensen's got ahead of Winkelhock and that happened after a mistake, I reckon, from Winkelhock. It took him a minute and 25. Should normally be taking him more like a minute and 14. So Marcus Winkelhock's had a mistake, or maybe there was some contact on the Grand Prix Strecker. Or did he catch the yellow flag at the wrong time? How close was the BMW to him? 1.2 seconds. That's why I'm thinking it's more likely to be contact yeah, rather than uh, could be. With, with the Audi in front as they crossed the timing line. Two seconds behind. If uh, Mikkel Jensen's gone for a move, maybe at the cutout or into the chicane, the runner had some back. Was there a spin, a half spin from Marcus Winkelhock? I'm sure if there was, that will be looked into by the stewards. Very tight indeed for fifth, sixth, and seventh as well. Separated by just a handful of seconds. Hohenardel in his Manfield Mercedes from 
Mathieu Chaminet in the Fricadelli Porsche and Klaus Beckler in the Falcon Motorsports 911 GT3R. So now a question of waiting for the cars to appear at the start of the Dottinger Hur to count them through. The big Chrysler Viper from Zach Speed heads over the line down in 17th position in class, 20th overall with Jeroen Blakemola, the Dutchman, now um, uh, re-establishing himself, reunited indeed with that Viper GT3R after its success. Was it at Sebring in 2016? Uh, Petit Le Mans. Petit So the final race of 2016, and that car was victorious in the GT Daytona class. So under 12 minutes to go. And it's Johnny Palmer and John Heidove. Never bet against a Manti Porsche on the Nordschleife. Even, do you remember the year when Timo Bernard had the crash? Was it on the way to the green flag? I think it was. Yeah. Ran up the back of somebody. Did a radiator. Didn't matter. Didn't seem to. No. Yeah, incredible. They are incredible. MR versions of street cars as well now. In fact, Lars Kern took back the production car record at the Nordschleife 640. So like that, 6 minutes 40 in a road car. All right, not using, not using the Grand Prix track that they're using here. 640 in a road car, which was the GT3 RS MR anti-racing edition. What will Lamborghini come back with? I've got a feeling they won't stand still. Gaps about the same between Pile and Edwards at the end of Sector 4 as they head then onto that long straight down the Dottinger Hur. Half a second gained back by Edwards, but he'd already lost a few seconds early in the lap. Jensen is still third ahead of Finkelhock, who's charging hard now. He's just two. He's just at 1.5 seconds behind. So we've got a real battle on for the lead of the race between 9:12, Patrick Pile and John Edwards, and then the gaggle behind Finkelhock and Jensen, and maybe. Uh, maybe Winkelhock has a bit of a score to settle here if indeed there was contact made earlier on in the lap. Ten minutes to go on the countdown timer. We've gone... It's 17.03 in the UK, 18.03 at the track. So, depending on which way we go, there's one or two laps left. Yeah, indeed. But they, they were very... Very clear that it was being flagged at seventeen or five. Is that Klaus Backler ahead of ahead of certainly Winkelhock and possibly a whole load of other cars as well? So Winkelhock, not Winkelhock, um, Hohen Ardell. So over the line then goes Backler, and I'm just trying to work out where. Yeah, fifth position. Yeah, he was eighth earlier on in that lap. Yeah, phenomenal stuff. They were absolutely together. Yes, true. 5th, 6th, 7th and 8th were absolutely together. So the Falcon Porsche, making up time towards the end of the race, has run as high as 3rd, got the best start of the guys at the sharp end of the grid, ran as high as 3rd, challenged for 2nd with the Conrad Lamborghini. Might have got a nose ahead for a moment, but was never scored in that position. Ahead of the AMG... GT, the Manfilters HTP car. 
So it's Porsche, BMW, BMW, Audi, Porsche, Mercedes, Porsche, Audi for your top eight. And five and a half seconds separate Pile and the race leading Porsche from the first of the Rover Racing BMWs. It probably has gone because he's already two tenths of a second quicker on the Grand Prix Strecker alone. And John Edwards doesn't appear to have an immediate answer to the pace of Patrick Pile in that uh, more green than yellow. Grello Porsche. Uh, 18 and a half seconds then is the gap between the two BMW second to third. Much tighter in behind though, with Winkelhock charging hard, trying to get back in front of Michael Jensen. And Klaus Backler could be the one to watch on this uh, either a final lap or penultimate lap. Sorry to be a little bit shady as far as that's concerned, but it really depends on how closely adhered to this curfew is. Headlights from a pursuing BMW on the rear of an all-white yeah. similar BMW just give you an indication of quite how dark it is out there because a patch of very bright, brightly lit BMW shows that the ambient lighting is starting to struggle now. We're well into twilight at just after 6pm Central European time. The Phoenix Racing Audi that was in second has made it back to the pits, although it had to be helped there. It's dropped into third now in its category of Pro-Am. Uh, and the Pro-Am then being laid by the Vulcan Horse Motorsport BMW. That's the 35 car. And that's in the top dozen at 12. This E90 BMW class continues to be hard fought. Carousel has a code 60 out at the moment. That's unusual up there. 7.06 is the BMW E320, uh, 325E90 that leads, but has zero room for error yeah. because the gap between those cars is barely a 325i length and it parts of the circuit, it's nowhere near that. It was 0.265 across the line. You don't measure that with a stopwatch, you could measure it with a ruler. Team Arvia saw Grand Sport car for the time being just about ahead. So it is Torsten Kratz currently driving that, the man from Austria. They dodge between traffic and right on his boot lid, the 711, which is that's either Kevin Totst or Cedric Totz, the two guys from Brakel for Scuderia Salogan Salogan rather so that's going to run and run and if this is the final lap who knows which way that V4 battle is going to go always a problem of course for the other classes Johnny because you're you're relying on when the leader crosses the line so you're not in control of your own destiny so if this is the final lap for the GT3s it's not the final lap for those V4 guys for instance because they'll have one more to go assuming they're not lapped by the overall get speed performance cars running together in 16th and 17th position and in fact actually they don't they just change places no they've got up a position and the number two Mercedes driven by Marek Bockman yeah. sporting not only a, a front facing a 
onboard camera on the live stream, but also a pretty snazzy one that points rearward as well, just under the rear wing. Get speed performance, always at the cutting edge of technology, able to give us information about the, the driver's condition, current BPM, for instance. Yeah. And uh, also the RPM of the car. But uh, there are things like stress levels in the get speed performance Mercedes, too. Fascinating to watch. Buckman driving with, among others, Tristan Fortier. Yeah, to see him back here. Yeah, he tends to only do a couple of VLS yeah. through the year, and they tend to be the ones at the start of the year as well, gearing himself up for N24. This year, much later than normal, was the final weekend of June. Luka Ludwig, the other driver, by the way, in that Indeed so. And I take it that's uh, Klaus Ludwig's son? Um, I want to say yes but I feel like I should check before I commit all these second and third generation drivers coming through you're right it looks a spit of Klaus as well, yes he does 30 years old from Bonn season in the ADAC GT Championship last year along with plenty of long pan racing as well so Luke has done a stint Tristan Vautier started that car actually I think Luke Luke was uh, during the middle portion but again strategy key as far as the engineers and the team managers are concerned because they've had to condense in some cases four stints be surprised to hear about some drivers who didn't even get to drive in yeah. two hours 45 minutes yeah. which is really disappointing from their point of view but unavoidable because of the heavy mist and fog this morning which delayed matters a very very long time yeah and the organizers waiting to uh, originally said we'd get started at uh, two o'clock but Kept an open mind, two o'clock uh, Central European time. Kept an open mind. Eventually, we got the green flag, I'd say just a little before half two CET, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, what order and what are the gaps going to be? Did the Carl appear at the start of the dotting of her on this lap, which could very easily be the final lap? Otherwise, if the checkered flag's not shown, then we are going to go around again. Two minutes, Johnny. Two minutes of the checkered flag. So we're, we're over the curfew now by six minutes. And well, the, the time's coming through from that middle, from, rather from the fourth sector, suggests quite a large code purple. Yeah, there is. Sorry, I should have mentioned that. It's... Uh, carousel which is going further and further along the track extending towards a second code 60 at Vipperman so how much time will that take up this might well see the chequered flag come out yeah and actually put our doubt uh, far away from our judgment if you like because oh it's going to happen if those, well if those cars don't appear at the start of the dotting of her in the next 
10 seconds and here they and come here they are. and wow. they're close to tail Johnny they're going to make it then so it's this is a question of whether oh, the checkered flag is shown know. now because of the curfew or do we go round again it only takes 50 seconds from the start of the dotting of her we're inside that and we're well inside it so the Porsche the Mansai Racing Porsche with uh, track vehicle ahead of it goes all the way to driver's left in behind it the bigger taller chunkier BMW look to get a bit of a, a punch off uh, Galenkov on the run onto the back straight white flags there's a slow car 28 seconds to go and there's going to be one more lap Johnny this is not it there's going to be one more lap keep an eye out on the start line Johnny in case there is a chequered flag here comes Patrick Pile being shadowed every way then by John Edwards but the chequered flag there is a starter there and possibly a finisher as well but there is no chequered flag I 17 see seconds anyway. I reckon it was 17 seconds there was always time remaining because they appeared at the start of the dotting of her with a minute to go and it's taken them 49 and a half seconds as it usually does through that final sector it was the fourth sector which was the big delay five yes. minutes for Patrick Pile, and somehow John Edwards gained six seconds in that caution area and now Patrick Pile, whether he was late to react going into the caution or late to react coming out or it could be that John Edwards was at fault, of course, and he put the pedal down far earlier wow. than he should have done. There will be observers on the spot, and that will be all be dealt with post-race. What we can enjoy for the time being is a nose-to-tail battle then onto very definitely the final lap. I don't think we, you know, we, we cannot dispute that now. And what's happened to Marcus Winkelhock? A late pit stop for car 32. No! Car 32 comes down pit road, either with a drama or just with a, a splash and dash. It can be an incredibly quick pit stop. They won't even have to wait. They'll just fill it and send it. But car 32 is out of the lead mixture, therefore. And that lets Christian Hoynartel go through, having a, getting a report from Marcel Duc that one of the Hyundai TCRs has gone onto the Nordschleifer with a lot of engine smoke coming out of it. Now, he doesn't say whether it was the Veloster or the I-30, but they were running first and second. So on the last lap now, Manti Porsche leads with Patrick Pilet by nothing. Nothing at all from the BMW in second number at 98. That's uh, John Edwards in that car. The Veloster, 99, excuse me. Just to go back to your point about the Hyundai, uh, the Veloster's still circulating and doing good lap times, but it has slipped to third position yeah. because that uh, gold, black and white Cupra from Matilda Racing is now between the two Hyundais. And it's crossing the line now to start its final lap yeah. now these are the guys I feel for at this point because they've come across the line two or three minutes after the time they would have expected the race to stop you know maybe even more than that Yes. and they have to have an extra tank extra lap tank of fuel would be helpful, yeah. certainly. extra tank would be really helpful yeah. switch to reserve um, so yeah I mean this is knife edge stuff now because you can fuel the car to run to oh, I mean what do you do fuel it to Ten past six, quarter past six. You just don't even worry about that. It is going to be a 20-lap race, uh, Johnny. Yeah. Well, we sometimes get to 21-22 as one of the cars that's now in the caution area is 155, uh, colloquially known as Nuffy. And the, the name of the car, which is a yellow and black Mercedes 
AMG GT4. Four, yeah. um, but not in the SP10 category, incidentally. No. It's a GT4 that runs in SP8T. And actually, this car leads its class. So they're on course for a good result. Teichmann Racing. It's uh, Ace Robbie, the American, okay. by the way, at the Will of 155, sharing with Gabriele Piana. 974 has a problem at Arenberg, and the Code 60 is out there as well. So this is going to be a very, very long gap. Just last lap, just what the organisers didn't want with a curfew fast approaching. Yeah. And what we have got, of course... Oh, the problem right at the very end for Team Identica in the 162. It's one of the Black Falcon cars. Black Falcon run cars. And that car is in the pit lane. Class leader in SP10. Is that the class leader? Yeah, that's, that is the Mercedes-AMG GT4 that led the class at the start of this lap. So that will open the door to the Team Arvia Sorg Rensport BMW which was only 12 seconds back anyway. It stayed out, and the 162 has had to pit. It's getting very, very dark at the Nordschleife. Very dark indeed. The headlights becoming more and more prominent as they flash past the start-finish line. The camera's making it look a lot better than it is for those of you who have that stream running. Through goes the Glickenhaus. How many more times will we see this extraordinary car racing here with a new set of road-going Glickenhaus to come? Moved into their new premises. And ready for a big expansion. We have marvelled at the 003s the SCG 003s down through the years pole position of course what a couple of years ago now three years yes. ago three years ago I think it yeah. was yeah and the car built to GT3 regulations as such not ever homologated as a true GT3 but purely because they'd never built enough road cars but the decisions were made to make it a GT3 alike, if you will, in terms of the technical side of things. That late pit stop for Marcus Winkelhock puts him down to 12th position oh now. Oh my goodness. It just shows how much time you can lose with an enforced pit stop. Whether they got the strategy wrong, not quite sure. Could have been a puncture, of course. Could have been something as simple as a puncture. True, true. And when you're in traffic, if there has been maybe a slight glance with some of the back markers, or, I mean, he was, he was nip and tuck. Battling with Hohen Ardle, I think it was, the 32 and the 48. Uh, and as you say, yeah, it could have been just a quick change of a wheel, and that's it. I can't separate the two leaders still. No, I no. Mean, they were identical through sector one, 106.7 for both. Marginally quicker by two tenths of a second was John Edwards in second place, but then that was immediately earned back that time, Patrick Pile. So they're separated still by less than a second easily. Tell you what, Johnny, there's been quite a lot of late stops, you know, from people further back down the field. The Black Falcon number 395, Cayman, has just been in and out. Sorry, that's a Porsche. 911, not a Cayman. And the team car in the, the identical colourway 
was in in front of him as well. So, not sure how confident everyone is in terms of what's left in the tank. But Manti Racing will know that they're fine. They are good. And Patrick Pelier, in terms of fuel, has got enough to get him home. In yes. terms of a gap back to the BMW, I honestly don't know. No, no clue whatsoever. And, of course, the car's going through Sector 4, taking about four and a half, maybe even five minutes at this stage because of the Code 60s in place. There's another intervention vehicle working its way down the Dottinger as well with masses of white flags warning the drivers Matilda racing Cupra up to second place in the TCR category but what about the leaders they're going to be appearing at the start of the Dottinger imminently will it which order? Porsche ahead of BMW or will they have flipped around this is proper old fashioned stuff it's the Porsche and the Porsche's got a huge lead no sign of the BMW so now is that on its own with the BMW behind it it must be I think the BMW is in front yes it is no the BMW is in front is it Edwards is in front and the Porsche is the first car we catch a glimpse of yes you're right John Edwards in the Rover Racing and BMW he's cleared has, off has somehow got in front and also cleared off to the tune of 7 seconds this is huge for Rover Racing who took pole position remember with the 99 car earlier on today with the 98 car rather and the 99 machine then John Edwards Marco Wittmann and Nick Katzberg have come from the outside of the second row to take the first VLN win of 2019 we do get a checkered flag this time around and that BMW of John Edwards cleared off as John Hindoff says from the Porsche of Patrick Pile, the 912 machine Pile sharing that car that didn't qualify so well you may remember 10th place to second is a good effort but will Patrick Pile and Fred Makaviki be highly frustrated by whatever happened on that final lap well they were absolutely nose to tail when they went out onto that final lap time having expired what eight and a half nine minutes ago more than that and my goodness only two hours and 45 minutes but the drama has continued as cars stream across the line so raw racing I reckon two spots on the podium for yeah. them Johnny with the 99 ahead of the 912 from Manti and then their 98 car in third position just off the podium they're all pro cars off the podium Falcon Motorsports with a strong run at the end there with Klaus Backler claiming fourth position back Frickadelli and Mattia Jaminer coming through in fifth position we said where are the Porsches when we looked at qualifying and then all of a sudden three Porsches in the top five at the end that's much better um, but obviously Porsche were so close to a win and actually Klaus Backler how close did he get to sneaking on the podium for Falcon Motorsports something weird happened in sector four there as far as the caution was con concerned I Mikkel Jensen took 3 minutes 37 to get through. Obviously a section of the caution then cleared because everyone behind him took closer to 3 minutes 20. So they took a huge chunk out of Mikkel Jensen at that point. Um, the weird thing is, why did Patrick Pile take 3 minutes 44 and John Edwards 3.37 to go through the same section of Code 60? Bizarre. And well, was the overtake done in the 60 then? 
possibly. I mean, the, the grey areas are always the slowing down bit into the Code 60 and then where you speed up. And if, if John Edwards has seen a green flag that Patrick Pelay hasn't, then every credit to him. But I, It's happened before, Johnny. We've yeah. seen the onboards to prove it where people have been Don't either... Well, not even that, just unsighted by a car ahead. Yeah, it could be as And being a couple of cars lengths further back is sometimes work for people. True, But True. what a run to the flag there. And from... Well, Manti looked like they had that one in the bag. And then a couple... Really, the penultimate lap as well. Pelé lost quite a lot of time in that sector. Uh, yes, he did. Um, yeah, and that, that's what put the two together, together. going on to that final lap. So, yeah. Yes, it started at something like five and a half seconds, I think, going on to the penultimate lap. Down to nothing at the end of that one. And then the final lap, um, you end up with a... You effectively had a five-second swing in one direction, swing entirely the other to another five seconds to the advantage of the BMW. So what a start to the year for Rover Racing. Two cars on the podium, and their M6 looks very strong, not only in qualifying format, but also come the... To say four hour race then the two hour 45 minute race well that's the first VLN race since the untimely death of Charlie Lamb from Schnitzer BMW and I noticed that all of the cars had a little note to Charlie on them Charlie died the week of the Rolex 24 and the BMWs there for Rahul Letterman Lanigan Racing did the job so perhaps this is racing karma. What we can't tell you is what happened out on the far side of the circuit. I was about to say while we were waiting for those cars, this is very old school, Johnny, and, and they're off into the country. And then talk amongst yourselves for a couple of minutes till they come back. Yeah. So John Edwards brings the car home. Uh, it, it would appear from what he's saying to his teammates that it, there was something slippery on the track. And maybe then Pele has been off the track. There, were, there was a lot of walking wounded, which mentioned to you that uh, Hyundai TCR went onto the Nordschleifer with smoke coming from it. Maybe that was dropping fluids. Yes. We just don't know. It's pure speculation at this point. But what we do know was that BMW have nicked it back. The one consistent is between the two Rover BMWs, actually, in that they did Sector 4 in virtually the same time, a 337. And then everybody else behind was doing 322s because I think a section of the Code 60 cleared as soon as the BMW, as soon as the top three went through. But the erroneous time for me is a 344, which is from Pele, sandwiched between two, two BMWs that can do 337s. So an off-track moment on some sort of slippery surface there would, would answer the question. Um, we've heard stories before on... on qualifying laps of Porsche's dinging barriers and still able to carry on and post good times so if he's managed to arrest a big moment maybe tagged a small bit of the scenery and still got it home in second then that's fantastic from Patrick Pele uh, the only way to answer that question is for us to read the quotes and go and chat to him straight after the race but I'm sure it will all come out in the wash it's what makes VLN so fascinating in that you know, you've got the variable of a caution, a live caution out on the track effectively that everyone has to drive around. And if, if they're dealing with a track spillage, the, the maintenance crews, you know, they're trying to guide you to the safe side of the track. But if you're too abreast battling, might not have a choice. Through comes the Octane Ferrari. And 
and they will finish. There are still cars coming home, and as we said, it's a very, very long lap, and so some of the less quick cl classes will be still having that battle. Well, Johnny, a little bit of controversy at the end, mm -hmm. and took a bit of, of a while to get the final result, but that is the first VLN of the season, the 65th 65th running of the ADAC Westfalen Fart, the traditional opener to the season. There are eight more VLNs plus the 24-hour qualifying race and the 24 hours. They're all on the Nordschleife and various parts of the Grand Prix circuit and they're all live in sound and vision right here. Curry was our wonderful uh, executive producer here in the UK and the guys in... Germany did a great job in the weather conditions. Thank you, David, and the rest of the team. Johnny Palmer and John Hindoff with the words for the running of this two-hour and 45-minute race. The Fog didn't win. BMW did. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.